The DCEU is dead. Long live. Well, you know. (laughs) Long live DC. Death to the DCEU. And you know, during the era of the DCEU, I had another phrase. I had another name for it. And I would like to go back to that now. I referred to it as the DCFU. Yeah. Because there were many times throughout the history of the DCEU, which we'll be getting into, uh, where I felt like they were giving me and all the rest of us a giant middle finger. Hmm. Run around. So what we're going to be doing is we are going to take a look at the totality of the history of the DC films to this point. And when I say DC films, I specifically mean from the Man of Steel film on. So whether you want to call that the Snyderverse, whether you want to call that the DCEU, whatever your phrase is, that's what we're going to be looking at. We are going to be ranking them. So, oof. I, Tyler, what's that face? <laughs> that, was, that was a scary one. That was a scary one. It's ready. I have it ready. Okay. Yeah, we are yeah. we are we are going to be ranking them as well. So um for anybody that is especially interested in our thoughts on all of the DC films, that's what we're gonna be getting into today. Thank you for joining us live. We appreciate you. We've got Kale here. What's up, hot dogs? Marco reporting live from heaven. <laughs> Wearing black. Marco right. and I, we understood the assignment. We got our black on. I, I'm ready. And Marco wasn't uh, even here on Thursday. That's right. I, 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 listen, I listen back and I do my homework, uh, listeners. I almost said kids. <laughs> I understood the you. assignment. <laughs> I said I wasn't going to wear black because this is a celebration for me. You right. did say that. That's fair. I'm I showing up to the funeral up. with party poppers and... You doing poppers, bro? Yo, you doing poppers at the funeral? Back shots here? Can I, can I also say... That I normally like this is just for myself. You guys don't even get to see what shirt I'm wearing, but I realized today that I don't have a single DC shirt at all. Oh no, I don't. I have really? one. I have one Batman shirt. Dude, I gotta get. I got up my game. What am I doing? I have a ton of Vertigo my, shirts. Oh my, yeah, man. I got my Civil War shirt. Hell yeah, dude. You inside uh, of the. You picking the the what's the Confederates and the Redcoats, which it was wrong wow. on multiple levels. <laughs> yeah, hey, in the Civil War, which is famously about about you know, are you going to be uh, on the Confederates or the or the Redcoats? Hey, uh, MP, you're totally right, and we're definitely going to be digging into that. But you, I don't know if you know this, you won the the uh, the the book, The Dark Knight right. Returns. From the book club that we just did. So if you want to claim that, just message me on Discord if you have it. Uh, and if you don't, that's fine. You can just email us at the, the contact at the Comics Palace. But however it is you get to me, just get to me and then we'll, we'll sort that all out. All right. The DCEU. Quickly, before we start, can I, can I say my favorite comment that will really sum up this conversation for me, at least? And it's a, re- it's a real reason I'm glad we uh, have the chat these days okay uh Amin perez says r.i.p bozo <laughs> that man that does it for me clean clean who I, i'm curious who's who's the bozo in this in this instance just the the whole dcfu yeah, yeah it's gonna be the whole thing yeah 
It's just that opening crawl with Swamp Thing that shows up there for no reason. Hey, hey, wait, hey, hey, hey. Swamp Thing was good. We're doing the TV shows because that's top tier. Oh, hell no. All right. So the, the DCEU was built on the back of Christopher Nolan. It was built on the back of the success of the Dark Knight series. Uh, notably, they wanted Christopher Nolan to continue. They wanted a fourth film. Uh, he did not want to make a fourth film, and so he didn't do that. They wanted him to have some involvement in the future of DC, and I think because of the relationship that Nolan has with Warner Brothers, um, that is, you know, I guess remained tumultuous or became tumultuous um, mm. later on. At this point in time, that was a relationship that was very important to all parties. And so I think to appease them, you know, to make some money, Christopher Nolan agreed to be a producer on whatever was going to come next. And that would ultimately materialize as Man of Steel, a Zack Snyder directed, Christopher Nolan produced mm. superhero film. That released in the year 2013, June 10th, 2013, was when all of this kicked off. And Zack Snyder had a different vision for what a DC universe should look like. And I'm not fully sure at this point in time whether or not, and I don't think this is the case, the idea was always for Zack to plot out an entire universe. I think they wanted to make a, make a good movie and take it from there. And Man of Steel was the first at bat. So here's the way we're going to do it. As we talk about the film, I want to rank them. So Tyler, if you're if you're ready for that, if that works for you. It does, yeah. Let okay. me just get us to, to the right thing here. And yeah. Awesome. So a lot of people don't like Man of Steel, but Quite a few people went to watch it. It had a, a budget of $225 to $258 million. It made $668 million at the box office. That's not bad. That's pretty good, especially mm -hmm. considering that Superman had had, like, a string of bad movies. Not yes, one, right. not two, but, a, you know, a few. 2006 was that last one, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah. How much did that one make? Do we know? Or... I don't. Okay. Pull that um, and that was Superman's return. It's called Superman Returns to film after, you know, a, a, over a day or oh, two decades. Almost. Two, yeah. Yeah. So that movie was a disappointment to many. And by that movie, I refer to Superman Returns. Man of Steel, I think, in my opinion, was responsible for bringing it was the attempt to bring Superman back into the mainstream. And, uh, well, it's a, it's a divisive film. And I'm sure that as the opening film to our discussion and our ranking, it will be quite divisive. I will not start the ranking proceedings. First question, has everybody here seen this movie? Yes. yes. Yep. Okay. All right. Marco, how do you rank Man of Steel? Keep in mind, uh, before you answer, it's it's your personal feelings, of course, but... We are only ranking DCEU films. So everything is being ranked within the context of this box. Okay. okay. Gotcha. Yeah, my, my question was, is it a rank of how good of a movie it is or how good of it is 
in the DCEU. Yeah, yeah. In, in, in this box. Okay. okay. Um, from what I remember of it, I haven't seen it in a long time, but I remember the excitement and going to the theater and still feeling that excitement. I don't think I was at a point in my readership nor in my like film critique to really be like, this is bad. Mm. Um, so I, I remember this and feeling this, if not an A, like a solid B. So I, that's where I'd put it. I'd put it at a B plus I'd, and someone would have to make the argument for why it's not an A. So I remember this movie viscerally. Um, I remember I saw this uh, with a couple friends and that going, getting out of the theater, I was angry <laughs> um, because the trailer, the man, the first Man of Steel trailer is one of the best movie, comic book movie trailers of all time. Um, and then once the movie, once I was done with Man of Steel, I was like, wow, what a complete misunderstanding of the character. Mm. Um. I, I, I don't like the color grading of it, which then proceeds to exist up until, what, Aquaman, I think, throughout these DCU movies. Um, I think they make some really strange decisions with Pa Kent and the, the climactic scene that don't seem to align with how I view Superman. Um, and I find the movie to be just shot strangely. Like, like just the... Everything is hectic. Um, there's multiple mash casualty incidences that are caused by Superman. <laughs> um, I, I don't like this movie at all. So, Marco, I'm not even going to argue this as an A. I'm putting this as like a C. I want to just quickly jump in and say that uh, when we are unclear about where something ought to go, if there's some kind of like discrepancy, we'll go to the listeners. Hmm. Go ahead, Gail. Uh, yeah, I hate this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, when at the end when Superman kills Zod, I like, I, I like blacked out and had to like get out of the theater, and I I genuinely had like a breakdown, and <laughs> it was like, uh, it was, I I it was like somebody, it was like somebody filmed a movie. See if you can follow me here. It was like somebody who somebody filmed a movie where Superman killed somebody, and I just I couldn't I could not handle it. I remember enjoying the film up to that point, uh, but I yeah for me I'm with Tyler. Um, it is uh, it's a fundamental misunderstanding of the character and what the character wants to do, um, but. I think I think up to that point, I think I was enjoying it. Mm. Like I, I don't I don't think it was necessarily a bad movie. That said, I haven't seen it since 2013. So, uh, that, so yeah, C to me. To that last point on the killing part, um, I remember uh, that was the part that excited me because I didn't know enough about the character, and it was coming from that place of edginess of just like damn they're really doing something different with this character wow and um and at that point i had this vision of superman as you know being a boy scout uh, i i didn't have enough reading or context for him 
and it felt antithetical to the character in an interesting way to which now i feel like i i'm i regret that but you know one thing to add to is i've never rewatched it it soured me that bad we're like i've never gotten back to it even mm-hmm. if it was on like tv back when i had tv and i and I, I i i flicked through the channels and i saw it i would just go to the next channel mm. so maybe to the surprise of nobody I really, really, really liked Man of Steel when I first saw it. Uh, I thought it was great, and I still love it. Um, I don't have a problem with Superman killing Zod. I think that was a logical thing to do. Um, And I think that it's sort of... I I don't really know what people think Superman was supposed to do in that moment, but um, to me, Zack Snyder put Superman in a position where... He had to choose, um, and I think the movie was about him choosing this new – I mean, it wasn't new anymore, but this love that he has for Earth and humanity and wanting to preserve it and protect it versus, you know, the people that are his people, you know, the Kryptonians, and having them be able to exist. He has to choose one or the other, and he chose Earth, and – uh I really like that. I got no problem with it. Um, I I had a lot of fun with this. I would say, for me, this is a B. Strong Ooh, B. Strong B. Strong two listen. B's and two C's. Two B's, two C's. B, C's. Okay. What's it going to be, listeners? Man of Steel. Man of Steel, we've got two B's, two C's. We turn to you to help us break this tie. Where do we rank Man of Steel? Got- Can you throw a poll up there? Uh, yeah, oh, yeah, 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 that's good, that's good. Hold and on. we can discuss a bit while the poll's going on. Yeah, and, and we had a few people pull uh, put in some Bs and then quickly pull back after. after <laughs> <a few> <laughs> <laughs> like, wait, hold on a second. Actually, the conversation there, maybe not it. So while, while we were for this poll, um, I'm the nerd in me is instinctively wanting to debate the end of this movie. <laughs> I don't want to. I know, I know, which I'm trying I, not to. Yeah. I haven't haven't seen it. Like I said, I I left the theater after after the thing happened, so I I still well, haven't seen the, the thing end of is it. what I wanted to debate. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I couldn't tell you clearly what it. We got primarily C's in the chat. I see one B. Wow, primarily C's. Yeah, in my opinion, there's like two more movies that can be D here. Like I wouldn't consider Man of Steel the worst DCEU movie. Yeah, for me, for me, for me in this, I'm saving D for the stuff that's like objectively bad. Uh, Keely Chow, Keely Chow, new name that I've not seen before in the chat. Welcome. Thank you for commenting and hanging out with us. Which is worse, Superman snapping Zod's neck in the DCEU or Batman giving up on Gotham and its people in the Arrowverse? I think one of those things and only one of them is purely antithetical to the character. And that's the Batman one. I don't think that. Superman is fundamentally above killing some killing a non-human if it is absolutely necessary. And I truly believe in that scenario it was. So to me, yeah, Gotham. I don't think Batman would ever turn his back on Gotham. Wow. Okay. The quickly, quickly the chat has decided it is a C tier. 90% and it's only been up like 15 seconds. So I think I think that's definitive at that point. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So we move on from Man of Steel, which, you know, 
despite the fact that it was a very divisive movie, as I mentioned, it made six hundred and sixty-eight million dollars, which is a pretty that's a pretty nice haul. You know, we're talking twenty thirteen. This is before the the massive, you know, overtaking of Hollywood that superheroes would go on to do. Yes, this is absolutely post Avengers, it's post Dark Knight and everything like that. But the like we still aren't for sure that superheroes have taken over. So uh, Man of Steel, though, does w- more than well enough to warrant uh, future entries. And by this point, DC is full steam ahead on the Zack Snyder train. And it's not just Zack. It's Zack. It's his wife, Deborah. It's Charles Rovin. Uh, you know, it's this whole group that Zack Snyder sort of worked with throughout this entire process to bring the DCEU to life. By Batman versus Superman, Dawn of Justice, which released in March 25th, 2016, by now, Zack Snyder has a plan. And that plan involves introducing Batman and Wonder Woman into and the Flash into the DCEU through Batman versus Superman, which originally was supposed to simply be a sequel to Man of Steel. Um, and then go on to, you know, do the Justice League thing. So what I don't know a lot, if a lot of people know about this movie, is like I said, it was supposed to be simply Man of Steel 2 and was not initially including Batman. What happened was Zack Snyder and Warner Brothers felt that they needed to respond to the backlash that Man of Steel garnered. It did well, but this wasn't necessarily the beginning of the Marvel Cinematic Universe levels of excitement and enthusiasm. So they needed something. So if you'll notice, Batman versus Superman is not called Man of Steel 2 because they felt that having Batman in the title would help sell the film. And when they fight um, Doomsday, they fight him in like an abandoned area of, you know, on the outskirts of Gotham and (laughs) shit specifically because so many people were angry about the way in which uh, Man of Steel had so many casualties. They saw my tweets. Okay. But in fact, that's also why Age of Ultron takes place in a fucking airport. Or not Age of Ultron, rather, Civil War. Uh, and that's why the movie is built around, you know, you know, all the collateral damage and stuff like that. Anyway, Batman versus Superman, Dawn of Justice would release and go on to make $874 million on a budget between two fifty and three twenty-five. I would jack that up. I don't believe that's the budget. I think it's more. But hmm. be that as it may, what are our thoughts on Batman versus Superman? I assume we've all seen it, right? Nope. nope. Kale hasn't seen it. I've seen this movie many times. <laughs> I love this movie. I hated it the first time I saw it. <laughs> um, but I watched the Ultimate Edition. And I think the Ultimate Edition is much better. It's a movie that is far from flawless. But I really love uh, Ben Affleck's Batman. I think that he is one of the better Batman that we've had. And this was the best version of that Batman. Outside of uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League. Um the doomsday fight is cool and i think there's a lot of stuff under the hood of this movie that i don't think people were interested in seeing i'll say that a lot of people made a decision about their feelings on whatever they think Zack snyder's philosophies are 
And by the time Batman vs Superman came out, they were uninterested. Um, not to say that this is a a movie that everyone should love, but I like. So I give this movie a B B plus. Sean, this this tier that I have has the theatrical and the ultimate version is separate movies. Oh, 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 oh! I don't know if you want to do that. Um, well, I've only seen theatrical, so. Um. All right. Yeah. Sure. We can. I guess we can do that. Um. The the theatrical version, I would give a C. Marco, have you seen the ultimate version? That one I haven't. No, I've only seen the right. regular. I'm gonna put ultimate one. B, just because Sean's the only one who's seen it. <laughs> oh, so you're you get full B, control Sean? there. The ultimate version, yes. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. The main okay. version, but I guess. Is... <laughs> the... the so Batman vs Superman. Uh, it, it's you know I I enjoy Snyder's Watchmen. I think it's a flawed movie, but I find it enjoyable. I think it actually has style to it. Um. I then see Snyder do Batman, and I'm not sure I want a Batman by somebody who's a fan of Ayn Rand, you know? <laughs> um, I think that philosophy and worldview works better for something like Watchmen. So seeing this, like, this the, the, the Batfleck version of, of Batman, I will say costume. I do like the costume a lot, mm. um, but I wasn't a fan of the portrayal of this of this batman and, and i'm also a big fan of like batman forever and stuff so maybe my flavor of batman is just not what this movie is um so yeah i was not a fan of that i think this movie tried to put too much into one movie it was like all right marvel's doing it um we're behind schedule we need to do everything now here's wonder woman i think cyborg shows up in this too am i right um uh the, briefly doesn't like his origin happen think, in this at least? I, think. I don't. It's been a while. I've no, isn't that in Justice like, League? It's been a while. Um, I don't remember. The, 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 these two kind of blend for me. Um, yeah. uh, Wonder Woman shows up. The whole Doomsday thing. Uh, Lex is in this as well. Oh, um, Jesse Eisenberg, the, who I once followed on the subway for multiple stops, That's um, just to see if I could. Hmm? Um, <laughs> never mind. We don't need to talk about that. Um, and. <laughs> And uh, I just feel like there's just way too many plates spinning and all of them crash down and shatter at the end. I, I do remember this as being a... Wait, so wait, where does that fit for you, Tyler? This is... I'd probably be a C. So I might... For theatrical, I'm probably with Sean on this. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think I'd put it there. I remember it being in the theater and I had gotten to a late show and I definitely fell asleep at some point. And once that happens to me with a movie, I'm like, oh... I'm not having a good time. That's happened to me for <laughs> Eternals. That's happened to me for, um, ooh, not most recently. Whatever it might be. One of the Shazam movies, that's right. Shazam um, 2, you were the only one who saw it. So. Yeah. And, um, but I, I remember some of the characters just not feeling right. Gal Gadot, 100%. Love, right? Jesse Eisenberg, I, I don't think it fit. Um, uh, ben Affleck, I did like his, his Batman. But... I think ultimately the the way that they positioned them uh, in, in fighting against each other, um, obviously the the mom's name being became a bit, and I think a lot of the aftermath left a bad taste in my mouth in retrospect. Um, but I didn't have as much fun, and I was hopeful for the movie, but I did not have as much fun as I ended up ha um, thought I would be. 
So yeah, solid C tier. I totally forgot about the Martha thing. Yeah. Martha. I'm like, bro, what? So similar to Man of Steel, the trailers for this movie were absolutely fantastic. And I knew from the get-go that I wouldn't want to see it. And they almost had me. I remember being on the subway and going, I might have to fucking see this movie. And then I heard that Doomsday was going to be in it. And I said, actually, nah, you know what? You're all right. Y'all have fun. Because <laughs> and I forget the Doomsday bit. Like they also try to do Death of Superman in this movie at the same time. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's too much. It's way too much. Yeah, it's certainly an overstuffed movie uh, that didn't need to be this way. I think had Warner and Snyder not overreacted to the feelings about Man of Steel 1, we could have just gotten to Man of Steel 2. They could have refined what didn't work in the first one and kept trucking. Um, The lack of belief in any vision, like, okay, fine. Anyone doesn't like Zack Snyder, that's cool. Whatever. They handed him the keys. So they handed him the keys and then they immediately said, whoa, we got to not have you doing whatever it is that you want to do. And I don't think that that was wise. And I'm not saying that he's absolved by any means. They should have just made Man of Steel 2. Um, Wonder Woman being in this movie is largely unnecessary, although I had fun with her appearance. Uh, it's probably my favorite Wonder Woman appearance. Um, maybe when when her theme hits in this movie, I will say the yeah. Wonder Woman theme slaps and cool. she kicks ass. It, I I just I really really enjoyed Wonder Woman here. Um, but but, but he, go ahead as you're talking about the Wonder Woman part. Even like Superman and Batman are confused why she's there. Like <laughs> in, in the movie, they're like, "Who's that?" I'm like, "Yeah, we feel the same way, buddy." Yeah. Uh, Gavin says, but that's the DCU uh, ethos from here on out, Sean. What what are you referring to exactly? Hard pivots after every movie. Ah, yes. Oh. Um, yeah. I mean, I think I think there's there's definitely room to say that. Well, let's let's talk about let's talk about the next movie. So, from Batman vs Superman, we got Suicide Squad, which dropped just a few months later, August fifth, twenty sixteen. Uh, we're still well. I don't know if you guys are, but I'm still waiting for that air cut. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Just kidding. I, I actually don't give a fuck about that. That's right. You right. you you just got in a video game though. <laughs> Wait, you mean the video game that features the Suicide Squad, the superhero team that's more popular than the Justice League, even though the Justice League has existed for sixty years? So the, the ones that you know murder yeah. the absent, the Justice League. The yeah, one that sold right. more than than Justice League. So, oh, the movie that made more than Justice League, the movie yeah. that was absolutely reviled, which we will get to. Oh, Academy Award winning, right? It's true. Yeah, yeah. I, for for that alone, a easy Academy Award. Well, costuming, right? Was it was it costuming? <laughs> it was like uh, costume or makeup? Makeup. It That's was right. Makeup. 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 It was makeup. Uh, man, that was uh, Killer Croc didn't even look that good. <laughs> Yeah, remember in um remember in the was it the seventies or the eighties when the Suicide Squad had a show called Super Suicide Squad and everybody loved it and <laughs> remember that? Well Girl. they and they had those uh the two kids, you remember that hung out with the the super suicide yeah. squad? Harley the, and the Quinn. Gen- 
Oh. <laughs> that was much better. That was a much better joke than where I was going to go. Yeah, that's why I, I, I steamrolled you. I knew it was good. Well, uh, Suicide Squad plays off of Batman versus Superman by introducing a need for a a government-sponsored group of villains in the absence and the death of Superman. And so Amanda Waller puts together a ragtag, hot topic, you know, uh, 2000s throwback group, uh, which is just the vibe of this entire movie, quite frankly, um, to go on a mission to do stuff. Um, <laughs> do stuff. I really, really do not like this movie. Uh, this yeah. is this is the first time where I was like, "Whoa!" I don't know if I give a fuck about what's going on in this in this universe. Enchantress being the ultimate bad, right? That was horrible. Yeah. Could, yeah. could anyone do a plot breakdown of this movie? Because I cannot. Yes, I don't remember. I could do a very light one. Um, Enchantress does bad things; they must stop her. That's as much as I can give you. So the Suicide Squad is put together. Uh, Enchantress has some weird shit going on with her. There's a mother box involved. Uh, she is being, she's possessed. And I think she's trying, she's doing the will, if I remember correctly, of the mother box. Uh, they stop her. Meanwhile, the Joker is trying to get Harley back, um, I think. And uh, yeah, it's a dumb movie. I don't. I don't know. There's not for me personally. There's not a whole lot of redeeming value. I think I really liked uh, Katana. Mm. Um, she was cool. Yeah, I you know, yeah. I I really enjoyed Will Smith. Oh, that's. I right. wish he Jack wasn't. Rackham. I wish he wasn't Deadshot. Or I wish he wasn't playing Will Smith as Deadshot. You know, I wish he would actually play the character. But like, I I, I genuinely thought he was good. Um, and and Margot Robbie as Harley, kind oh, yeah. of an iconic role. Yeah, she, like she, that's she was the best part. Absolutely, breakout star of this movie. Yeah, yeah. I um, think I think that's the only real thing we got out of this whole deal. Should we just put it in C and move on? Like, I would say no. D, I think D, I think it's a D. D. Yeah, I feel it's like it's a D. D as well. Yeah, this right. might be the yeah. worst of the movie. Absolutely fine with that. Um, <laughs> I was going to be generous about it. <laughs> I don't, no, I no, I, I, this is what I was saving D for. I didn't mention uh, this had a budget of 175 million dollars and a box office of 749 million dollars. So, oh, okay. for what it's worth, that's a pretty good turnaround on a movie that I don't really think has too too many fans. Mm. Yeah, I, I feel like I feel like there was an excitement for a lot of these movies that over the course of time quickly diminished. Yeah. Do you this think this movie did a lot for that? Yeah. Sean, what what year was this? 2016 as well? Yes. Yeah. Was that the year Guardians came out? I don't know. No. That came out in uh that came out while I was in Scotland. So that would have been 2013 2014. or 14. Yeah. Yeah. 14. Okay. 14. So you uh, think this is this was DC's attempt to do that ver that kind of movie, I guess. I don't think so. I think Suicide Squad is a is a it, it 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 when you look at what the the feel and vibe of the D, of the DCEU was i think the suicide squad makes a ton of sense it gives you access to amanda waller who would go on to be you know pivotal 
Um, it gives you access to Harley Quinn, who's pivotal. Um, it allowed them to do a Joker movie without Batman in it. So I, I, I think it makes sense independent of Guardians. Okay. Um, real quick, before we move on, I do also want to say that this is a movie that suffered a lot from indecision and you know Warner and producers and executives going over people's heads. Behind David Ayer's back, they commissioned a trailer from a trailer house, um, and it is... I mean, it's they're 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 weird. They're not necessarily bad. I think those trailers are what brought people into the film, but they don't reflect exactly what David Ayer wanted to do with it. And I don't like this movie at all, but I do think that sucks. I think it sucks when a movie that you were told you would get to direct gets ripped from your hands. Mm. It made and a lot even, of changes. Even in the the first you know twenty minutes or whatever, you get two introduction sequences to you know, various characters, um, both in, like, regular, you know, film introductions, and then you get weird title cards again, yeah. you know, after it. And it was just baffling. Why would you go to a trailer company to direct a, a movie? It's so bizarre. But that's the end of the story on the first Suicide Squad. Uh, will we ever see the – will we ever see the air cut? No. Mm-hmm. Fingers crossed. <laughs> we have a new Suicide Squad right now that has its own TV show spinoff. So yeah. I think they've given up on that one. So from there, we go on to 2017's Wonder Woman. Ooh. Wonder Woman, which came out on June 2nd, had a budget of $149 million. And made eight hundred and twenty-four million dollars. So we're we're clearly like in the era of superheroes. You know, this is it. These movies are making a ton of money. It almost doesn't even matter what you put out. If it's got a hero on the on its face, it's gonna make some bread. Not to say that 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 Wonder Woman is uh is the beneficiary of that in totality. I don't think that's why people want to see the movie. Wonder Woman is of course an iconic character that people adore. This is her immediate next appearance after Batman versus Superman. People were very interested in seeing what would happen. Um, they went and grabbed Patty Jenkins. They they uh, brought her on board to make this film. I believe this was her first big sort of uh, blockbuster yeah. film. Yeah. Um, and, you know, by all accounts, she did a good job um, to some people. But what do we think? Uh, th- I think it was the first S tier. If, if, we're, if, we're, if we're looking at the totality of just the DCEU stuff, there's no, I think there's only two S tier movies in this entire selection. My oh, man, that's two more than I will give you. <laughs> <laughs> if we're looking at the whole of the DCFU, I think that this one and then one other one that that sits at S tier. And I, I, I will grant that the back half of this movie, the third act, is disappointing um, for what was the buildup of a of a great, great film. Um, but uh, yeah, that, that Ares fight, man, took me out of a lot. But I like the vision and I like the idea. Um, and so I'm going to I'm going to give it an S. 
Mark is the type to eat at a restaurant and there's hair in his food, but he'll still give it five stars. Whoa, I'll bet you hate. Oh, sorry, there's like a little thing here. Or the type to read a book like Dark Knight Returns and says, yeah, it's all right. Yeah, not bad, you know. Well, he's, he's the he's the 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 only fan of Onslaught. So, good what do we what are we expecting here? Good <laughs> Not true. I actually like that too, but I wasn't. I sure love Onslaught. Point, so. Um, wow. I give Wonder Woman a C. I really, 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 really did not enjoy this. Uh, I thought it was boring. I fell asleep, which is actually not that uncommon for me, or it used to not be. Um, I really love Gal Gadot. Um. I just, I was just enchanted by her. I, I really love the spirit that she brought to the character Wonder Woman. Um, it really reminded me a lot of the the the, the Greg Rucka stuff. Um, mm. But I couldn't get over the. I don't like period pieces. Um, I thought the movie had interesting things to say, but I don't think that it said them. And I think that the back half is just or the third act is just bizarre so i would yeah. say a c did we did I, we see this together yeah, yeah we, we did. did yeah you didn't wake him up Cal? <laughs> uh i think we were in actually a packed theater i think was it marco and i sat together or yeah, maybe it was been, phil yeah. i did, we we had to split up because there were five of us at the time and uh oh, before the sign seats okay yeah 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 yeah, yeah. I, I this is an A for me. Um, I I really enjoy this. I will. I refuse to give anything in this uh, whole oeuvre uh, uh, an S. But I think I think the first Wonder Woman is a solid enough movie. I like. I do like period pieces. I like that it explores her um, origin and her you know coming to the world of man and developing relationships. And I think that uh, the the scene in what is it, No Man's Land or whatever in yeah. in the war, I think it's easily one of the most iconic bits in the entire DCFU. Um, the back half though was utter dog shit, um, and you just like you can't you can't go back from that. I I was I was gunning so hard for like as the movie was progressing, I'm like. I really like surely they're going to just make the the idea of war uh just a, a, a philosophical concept surely they're not going to make it it felt thing. yeah and then fucking aries comes out of nowhere he's like i'm gonna bullshit up bah, bah, bah. Oh, I'm like, oh dude you just you undermined the entirety of what just happened yeah it sean sean's absolutely right like it had interesting things to say but it absolutely refused to say them and i you know i i 100 percent blame that on the same issue of uh suicide squad you know i think i genuinely think it's meddling i think this movie is fine i think it's a it's a b for me um i i mean i agree with everything you guys say regarding the, the latter half of it um i'm not a big gal gadot fan um i think she does better as one woman in other movies i don't think she fully got the character in this one um and no offense i really don't want to know what an ex-idf agent wants to talk about war All right. you know but she didn't write just it. saying um so i'm not the biggest gal gadot fan even outside of acting so maybe that kind of skews things a bit um but yeah it's just i i think they hampered themselves by making it a period piece 
I like period pieces. I like that it's in this, but in terms of the greater DCEU, I think it's confusing because then you you make the question, all right, where is she during all this, you know, um, when you didn't need to, you know, they could have easily said it during modern times and she's leaving the mascara, you know, right before Dawn of Justice. Like, I think they kind of wrote themselves into a hole, which then leads to 1984, which we'll talk about being even more confusing. Um, but yeah, I think that was a weird choice. Okay, so we are 100% split on this. Um, Yeah, let's let's have the listeners have their say. I've seen a ton of different... Uh... So it's 8 S through C, right? right. Okay. Uh, yeah, we've got the gamut here. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll move myself up to a B. For the sake of this... What we got? Hold on. I got me S tier... Sean B. So it's S, A, and, and B. Oh, S, A, and B. Okay. Actually, it should just be A and B if we even things out. But now nah, we're gonna keep the S here. That's, That's insane. Not good I'm sorry. Like I don't, I don't feel like you should be able to choose the S tier yourself. Oop, like, like, oop, oop, <laughs> oop, oop, oop. no one's gonna vote for it. Surely, no one's gonna vote for you. Yeah, they're not voting for it. So, but what's Gal Gadot's in the chat? <laughs> is is Gal Gadot actually Derpy Entertainment? Is that? Her burner, hello, Derpy Entertainment. I haven't seen your name here before. Want to say real quick before we continue, thank you to everybody that is watching us live right now. Super chats are open, of course. We appreciate everybody who's got a green name in the chat. Everybody for showing up, but if you've got a green name, thank you. Uh, that those are our channel members. We appreciate the support. Want to see some pals heads in the chat if we can. We can throw a couple of pals heads out there. That would be wonderful. If you're watching us and you're not subscribed to our channel, please do that. We are on a mission to hit 2,000 subscribers in the first quarter of 2014 or 2014, 2024. So we need need an assist. We need a little help from our pals. So let's make it happen. All right. With Wonder Woman in the books, that takes us over to Justice League. What is Wonder Woman? Do we finalize? Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. It's easily A. Well, from the poll, is it easily A? Yeah, it's A. It's A. I, I, okay, I, everyone's I winning A. Right. Yeah, 71% A. Okay. Yeah. Uh, 14% S tier. Wow. Somebody. Yeah, I wonder who. Wasn't me. Mine's up here. Mine's up here. Or his brother in the chat. You got that collusion. <laughs> Recount. All right. So Justice League is the... The 2017 film released November 17th, 2017. Um, $300 million budget. It took home $661 million. And this is the movie where the cracks in the DCEFU really, really, really started to show. This movie has a very long history. We could do a deep dive on just this film. Yeah. Um, put that in your back pocket. Yeah, we won't get into everything. (laughs) We won't get into everything, but I do think it's very important to say a few words about this film. So the first is that by this point, Warner is not loving Zach that much. Mm. They expected bigger returns. We've already on the other side of the fence. We've already had Avengers, which was a huge success. The Iron Man movies were massive successes. Iron Man three made a billion dollars. 
You had Guardians, which was a big success as a quirky film. Uh, they had done so much. I think I think by this point, um, um, uh, Winter Soldier had already come out, and that yeah. was a. They hadn't yeah. had a movie that was beloved. They hadn't had anything like that quite yet, and they needed Justice League to be that. And so what they decided to do was to alter Zack Snyder's vision. He went into production of Justice League believing he was making two movies. This was during that period where, and I guess they still do it, where directors are forcing everybody to make two movies at once. Um, and they were going to make two Justice League, the first one and the second one. And the second one was going to be Darkseid. And that's pretty obvious when you watch the first. Um, but they didn't like that. They didn't like his vision anymore. They didn't want him to do exactly what he wanted. So they told him, you're going to make one Justice League movie. So all the things you've been doing in production for two, you're going to condense into one. And we're going to make this movie something that we can show and run uh, as often as we need to, to get it into more showing so we can make more money off it. So they wanted him to make the movie short. They wanted a short movie. So this movie is an hour and 20 minutes. So that's, that's two hours. Uh, for comparison's sake, Aquaman, which is just one character, right, is an hour and 43 minutes. Yikes. Shazam is an hour and 32 minutes. So uh, probably not the most logical choice to make. And by the way, Batman v Superman is an hour and 52 minutes. So why that would be so much longer than Justice League, the world will never know. Mm. But critically, throughout the process, while you know the relationship between Zack and Warner wasn't good, Zack Snyder's daughter would die uh, by suicide. And that... Uh, how do I? I don't want to. I don't want to be disrespectful, but I think everybody involved saw that as a an easy way or a cleaner way. If that that sounds horrible, that Zach left the project. Yeah. As a result, and I think everybody involved was cool with that. If that's yeah. what I mean to say, without yeah. being disrespectful. Yeah. And so Warner Brothers said, "Hey, well, we need a new director. Who can we get?" They got the architect of what worked for Marvel. They got Joss Whedon. And Joss Whedon took what Zack had already done and was given the awful job of having to, uh, you know, figure out what Zack's point was and rejigger the whole thing, shoot new scenes. And needless to say, it was a disaster. No one involved was happy. The actors hated being a part of it. They hate Joss Whedon to this day. Been a lot of fallout. The rest of the story, maybe we'll tell another time. I hate this movie. This version, I despise. What is the lowest possible ranking we have? D? To yeah, me, yeah, this, yeah. I think this is the... I don't know. I hate that first Suicide Squad. This is a toss-up for worst of the, of the of all of them, I think. It's bad. Yeah. It's no, bad. Nobody's likable in this movie. No, nobody's likable. Nobody gets enough screen time to be able to make them likable. When does Superman show up? An hour into the movie? He, because he was dead. Batman vs Superman has to like set that up to like put them behind the eight ball to have to bring them back in this movie. Yeah, all bits. We That's got the, the 
at that time, this movie is such a mess. It was so, you know, they had to do reshoots and everything else. Henry Cavill, notably, in real life, had a mustache. That's right. That he refused to shave because he was working on another project. So they had to CG off his facial hair. And if you look at those scenes, they look god-awful. It's an abomination. Yeah, uh, easy D. This is uh, it's a disappointment for what was supposed to be a trajectory of the uh, of this universe, and uh, I don't think it's a good film. Uh, it it just it it sort of falls apart. the um, The villain is not exciting. Um, the heroes and their play together is. Stepping wolf. <clears throat> yeah, dude. Like I was I was gonna ask Marco if he could name the villain. <laughs> I forgot, man. I don't know if I could name the villain. Yeah. Like. <laughs> And, Has he even and, showed up in a comic since? Like, I don't even know. But 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 the the, inter- the character interactions are also just like they don't mesh well. They they it doesn't feel <clears throat> cohesive and it doesn't feel like they're bouncing off each other. It sounds like they're had had read a line in a situation on like green screen and then the other person was responding in that moment. So yeah. The, the and at this point too, like Affleck is checked out of being Batman, it feels. Yeah, I think, I think so. the writing was on the wall that his Batman probably wasn't happening at this point. Because um, at this point, like the, the whole discussion, like, oh, Ben Affleck's supposed to be having a Batman movie. Um, and this doesn't do well. And uh, yeah, I mean, like, there, there, there's, there's images of him behind the scenes doing the reshoots where he just looks depressed. But also, that's, that's kind of his base energy level, too, I feel. Um, Isn't this where the the cigarette and him just like? I believe so. Right? Yeah, I believe that's where it's from. Um, yeah, this is a ugly movie. None of it's fun. The end sequence is rubble. The movie. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they took that uh that that suggestion from Man of Steel and just went way in the opposite direction with it. Um, yeah, this is a, it's not good at all. And like. This is like right before the Joss Whedon uh, allegations come out too, right? I think so. Yeah, this is this is before that. Yeah. Yeah, like like really close to it. Yeah, it's just and it's weird because like Joss Whedon is not the guy I would pair to actually ever try to fix Zack Snyder. They're so polar opposites when it comes to filmmaking that it just made it makes no sense at all in this movie. Oh yeah, and MP makes a good point over here in the chat. The first live action Justice League not cracking a billion dollars is damning. Like that's the that's the kind of movie you think, oh, for sure, if executed well. Well, to to, Squad made more. Yeah. to to illuminate the problem with Justice League, the film, um, Batman vs Superman, Wonder Woman, and Suicide Squad all made more. That shouldn't happen. That that that's that's nuts. So this is the first time in the history of cinema that the Justice League have formed and it landed with a wet fart. But with a production like that, with meddling like that, you know, the director leaves the project in the middle of the pro, not even the middle, towards the end of the project. You know, it's just it's just a mess. It's hard to know even where to assign blame because this was such a disaster by this point that, um, yeah, I mean, the, the end result proves itself. This is a garbage movie. For damn ass flop. God, what an abomination. 
hit the like button. We've got a we're gonna spin the wheel. If you guys missed it last week, that's how we're determining the game we'll play because we've got a rotation of games now. So we're gonna spin the wheel a little later. I've got I've got fun games planned for every any game that could possibly come up. We're gonna have fun. So um, make sure that you smash that like button. Uh, I don't even know how many likes we have right now, but uh, I think we can do what? What can we do? We can do. 25 we can do 25. We're at 15 at the moment get those numbers up baby yeah let's do it let's do it um oh well, bless you <laughs> thank you oh all right let's move forward next up is aquaman oh aquatic boy so aquaman came out december 21st 2018 that is over a year after Justice League. So they took a break from the box office, which is, you know, not ideal. Uh, a Flash movie was in production. Hell, it, we would eventually get it, you know, down the road. But we were supposed to have a Flash movie before Aquaman, I believe. That didn't happen. Um, Aquaman, of course, has Jason Momoa, who was, I, th I, I think it's safe to say the breakout star of the Justice League movie. Everybody loved his Aquaman. Probably the only thing that people didn't like have a ton of criticism about from the first Justice League. And so uh, we get this second one. Notably, uh, the story was done by Jeff Johns in part, um, who, of course, is the person that brought Aquaman back to prominence in the comics. The movie had a budget of 160 to 200 million and ranked in 1.15 billion. So this is the first billion dollar film that DC had to the point. And it's, it's Aquaman. And it's Aquaman. <laughs> That's insane. That is insane. Uh, go ahead. It's a good movie. I liked it. I had fun. This was, uh, and, and this was also, uh, I feel like if I remember correctly, me being an apologist for Aquaman, because at that point uh, I was a, I was a big fan of the character had been going back to read older stories. Um, and, Oh, bless you. Thank you. <laughs> um, and, allergic to the DCU. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. Hitting all of us. And um, yeah, I, I I liked the, I liked Jason Momoa. I liked the storyline. The CG, I think, had mixed results, but I was a fan because it worked. Overall, this was a solid movie for me and one that I, I've gone back to. So for that alone, I think, hmm. is me. It's not Wonder Woman level, but it's a B. It's a good B. It's like top of B, B plus. I think this is an A for me. I actually really like Aquaman. Um, it, it did the thing that I was complaining about in all the previous movies where it's like, hey, we can have color in this movie. It's fine. We can do that. Um, I like how fun it is. It's just a fun movie where I feel like all the DC movies prior to this were too serious. Um, it has an octopus playing the drums. That's right. That's a you know it, it, how you wait 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 that took you out. It's so you're, you're, it's too silly. It's too silly. You said you were just reading all the old Aquaman comics. Uh, Did but, you but actually it, read them? But it was too silly. Like in that's Aquaman though, and that's why I liked it because it's like oh, the DC universe is stupid sometimes, and it is cheesy. Um, think about the uh, world-renowned Justice Friends cartoon show. Um, they did goofy shit with that as well 
So I think it was fine to do that. And it kind of made me excited for the, the movies going forward, um, which means they tricked me. Um, but I I actually like this. I think this is an A for me. I'm a, I'm a fan of Aquaman, the first one. I'm an, I'm an A on this also. Um, I was at the time a big fan of Jason Momoa's portrayal of Aquaman. And uh, I felt like this was a breath of fresh air. I agree with Tyler in that it felt... Um, I hate to say things like this because it's sort of loaded, but it felt comic booky, which is not a negative. I like yeah. that fact. Yeah. I want these movies to feel like they're not ashamed of what they are. And Amber Heard as Mera made me sweat. So yeah, hey, yo, easy a. I didn't see it, so okay. The Justice League burned me out. That's fair. So was netting out at an A. Yeah. Nice. Absolutely. Yep. Have it as nice. A for Aquaman. I think that's a popular consensus too. Like, I don't think that's Wonder Woman and uh, Aquaman being on roughly the same level. I don't think that's an unpopular. Yeah. Opinion. Dan brings up Black Manta, who was another standout. Yeah, there was a lot of good in this movie. I really, I had a great time at the theater with this one. Yeah. Willem Dafoe also does some Willem Dafoe stuff in this. Absolutely. Uh, and and I think James Wan you know, deserves a lot of credit for directing this. Normally a horror movie director who did this, you know, big budget superhero film and did it justice. You know, the trench was introduced. We got some underwater horror. That was cool. And the underwater scenes, I normally don't like that kind of stuff, but I thought they did fine. I thought it was, it was you know, that all worked out fine. So Aquaman is in the books. And now we move on to Shazam. Which released in April on April fifth, twenty nineteen, with a budget of ninety to one hundred million. That is the smallest budget out of all of the movies that we have discussed to the point, and it made three hundred and sixty-seven million dollars, which I think is also the smallest take to this point. Uh, we had uh, uh, Zachary Levi playing the titular Shazam. Uh, and then Asher Angel playing Billy Batson. That dynamic, I think, uh, it works great in the comics. I feel like it didn't work as well in the movie for some reason. Um, this was an okay time. In for the purposes of this, I guess I could I could be swayed to a B. I don't really like this movie that much. I think I liked the family dynamic. Sure. You know, but everything else was kind of whatever. The Dr. Savannah fight at the end is very, like, generic. Um, a little hokey. Yeah. And then not to – not it's not the fault of this movie, but it doesn't pay off on the end credits in the sequel, which annoyed the fuck out of me. And also, this is a ding against this movie. It doesn't have Black Adam, which, since we'll never talk about this again, I do want to make the point that Black Adam was supposed to be in this movie, but because The Rock has been attached to it for so long – he did not want to look fact is he didn't want to play a villain. So he came up with the idea to make black Adam more of like a, an anti-hero type of thing and introduce him in his own movie and maybe have them square off at a later point. Of course, we know that he had bigger ambitions. He wanted to um, shift the power dynamic. What was his phrase? The, uh, he wanted to change the hierarchy of the DC universe. That's right. And make Black Adam on the same level as Superman. That's what he wanted to do. 
you let's let's have Cody Rhodes ask The Rock if that happened. Yeah, he said for this. Yeah, back in the WWE after everything else failed. What do you guys think of Shazam? <laughs> he said, "This is not going to work for me, brother." <laughs> right. <laughs> um, Shazam is a fine movie. It's fine. Um, I don't really have any strong opinions of it either either direction. Honestly, I think the 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 point you bring up where Billy Batson and, and Captain, I mean Shazam, um, feel like two different people rather than the same person in, in different ways, I think is an issue. Hmm. Um, I yeah, it's fine. It's fine. I don't. I really. I don't really care about it. It's. It's like a. I think a B for me. Like right in the middle of everything. Yeah, I think I'd sit with that as well. It's a. It's a B. I've had fun. The. I remember feeling very frustrated by the sins. Remember, like the monster villain thing. They felt super generic. Yes. Uh, very frustrated by that. But I did like enough that Levi was fun and was personable at the very least. He he made those he made those moments a little bit more digestible and um run of the mill otherwise. Not, nothing about it stood out. And I was definitely frustrated by the last fight. So definitely a B. Boy, this was the film that really cemented for me the fact that I don't like Zachary Levi. I don't like his stupid face. I don't like his stupid voice. I don't like the way he acts. Yeah. Um I can't believe this Christmas film came out in April. That's right. I just, I'm sitting here racking my brain going, I swear I saw this at Christmas. Uh, yeah, B. I, I, think, I, think, I think as generic as it is, it's still a decently made movie. And mm. I think it, I think frankly, I think it's probably more for kids than it is for people like us. Um, and so, I mean, for that, I, it's hard for me to say that it's it's a bad film because it seems like they uh, did what they wanted to do. Can it hurt, Kale? Pardon? <laughs> no, man. Yeah, this is... Uh... Ah, Shazam, what a movie. Um, all right. Let's move on from that disaster and talk about another. So now we move on to Birds of Prey and the fantabulous emancipation of one Harley Quinn, which released on February 7th, 2020, directed by Kathy Yan. Uh, this was basically a Harley Quinn vehicle, hot off the success of Suicide Squad, which had dropped, uh, what? five four, four, four years ago four yeah. Years, yeah four years earlier uh so they were really hot on uh keeping that thing going and uh it forms a version of the birds of prey um alongside harley quinn it's got ewan mcgregor playing black mask which was probably the best part of the movie for me um otherwise i did not get much out of this i i really did not have a good time watching it um it was over the top and you know, I don't have much familiarity with the Birds of Prey, but this did not feel like it did them any justice. I was excited to see them. This was initially just a Birds of Prey movie. Um, it got switched around because you're not going to get this out without Harley in it. And uh, to me, the product is worse for it. So, This was the, the only movie I've ever seen in one of those 4X screenings. Wow. Where you, you, know, you get in the, and the seats do the roller coaster stuff. And I don't know if it's Stockholm Syndrome 
based on the torture chairs I was in. But I actually really enjoyed this this film. I um, it wasn't you know it wasn't incredible cinema, but you know I I went and I had a good time and um, the bacon egg and cheese bit it made me miss New York and my uh, my bodega and you know I genuinely I had a good time. This is a B for me. And this is right before the world goes to shit too. So yeah, <laughs> I'll give it a C. I didn't I didn't give it a rating C. I really like this movie. Um, I did not see this one, so. Okay. Um, I think this one has a lot of style to it. I think Margot Robbie does an amazing job. I think um, the uh, uh, the rest of the cast, so Mary Elizabeth Winstead as Huntress is really fun. Um, Rosie Perez as Renee Montoya is like right. a fan casting come to life. Yeah. Um, she does a great job in this. Um, I, I, it doesn't feel like Birds of Prey to me because when I think Birds of Prey, I think Gail Simone's era, like Batgirl and stuff like that. But I really like the dynamic of this team. Um, it's just, it's it's goofy. Um, the music and it, it's really good. Uh, I, I I really liked it. Uh, 20, 2020 is like right before the world goes to, to shit and probably the last time I felt happiness. Um, so I think it's like an A for me. A for joy. <laughs> so we've got an A, a B, and a C. Wow. Then it's out even out at, at B. Yeah. yeah. Sure. Well, that yeah. That's uh, that's interesting. Um. <laughs> hey, uh, uh, promiscuous time traveler. I owe you a message. I got you. Don't worry. I'll DM you after the show. Uh, Zachary Levi did something really cool for nerds everywhere by creating the nerd the company nerd headquarters. I don't even know what that is. What is that? Uh, I agree with Gavin um, that this movie is another in a string of pivots. Clearly, the bloom is off the rose. Like, Zack Snyder is not involved anymore. He's, you know, thinking about the Snyder cut, you know. And uh, I think this is also around the time that there was a clamoring for more... um, more like creator voice rather than yeah. studio voice, if you will. More so at WB because of the fact that Zack Snyder had a stranglehold on all the characters, like as an individual person. And so this movie is like a direct counter to that. Um, and I think, well, whatever. I don't need, I don't, I don't care enough to talk more about this movie, quite frankly. <laughs> I did, I just didn't like it. Uh, all right. Let's move forward from Birds of Prey and talk about Wonder Woman 1984. Now, this dropped on December 25th, 2020, which, of course, is Christmas Day and right smack dab in the middle of COVID. Mm -hmm. This is the first movie that not just DC or yeah, not just DC, but I think Warner as a studio put out on streaming service first. Yeah. Um. Again, another female-led movie that was sacrificed to COVID. Um, we also saw that happen with Black Widow, for what it's worth. And this movie... Uh, oh, yeah, let me get the box office for you. So $200 million budget, box office of $169 million. It actually made less than the box office or than the budget, but I don't think that's fair because of Good COVID. Yeah, yeah, this yeah. is the least successful movie that they put out by that by the book the box office metric 
but you couldn't go see it. Well, you could, but it was COVID. And then it also came out for free on streaming. So um, on the merits of the movie, I had high hopes. I really, really did. I thought Patty Jenkins probably learned a lot of lessons from the first one that would be applied here. I was super hyped when I first saw that Cheetah was announced for it. Then not as hyped when I saw who was playing the character. Kristen Wiig played Cheetah. I don't know anything about her other than I think she does comedy, like some kind of comedy uh, uh, show on television. Um, you know the one. You, you mean SNL? <laughs> oh, I don't give a fuck about SNL. I haven't watched <laughs> SNL in 20 years. I thought she was on Community, but I don't watch that either. Oh, no. Um, and yeah, I really despise the portrayal of of her of Cheetah. And then also we had Pedro Pascal as Maxwell Lord, which is super random. Um, And I enjoyed where the character was going, but boy, did they not stick that landing. I would give this a D. Yeah, easy D. Easy D, and I agree with Harris. F. Yeah, I'm not even opposed to that. Mark will give it an easy D. Must be a day that ends in Y. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, man, this was disappointing from a... Uh, I, I remember in particular the um, the fight, that final fight between uh, uh, Gal and freaking Kristen Wiig. I don't even want to use her names, man. Like it, it was, it was muddy. It was uh, dark. The CG was it was done to obfuscate the CG and the poor production there. The storyline was dumb, and it 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 felt like such a disappointing follow up to. Uh, uh, to what I thought was a great film, and it soured me on the potential for a future Wonder Woman movie. After this, I said, "Oh, they gave up on the character. We're not getting another. We're not getting something that will redeem this because after this, absolute flop." Gavin brings up a really good point. Can we talk about Steve Trevor being brought back in someone else's body? Yeah, I was going to mention that. Yeah, fucked up, and I normally I normally don't care about all that. Like whatever, that was so bizarre. I couldn't I t- believe that. I haven't seen tell this movie. Me. Tell me, tell me about this. This so, is the only part about this movie I have heard nothing about. So I wanted to bring this part up actually because this movie uh, posits that uh, through sheer wishful thinking and and Maxwell Lord, right? He can kind of grant wishes. So that, that was his, his big thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, Wonder Woman is missing Steve Trevor because it's 84. He's already been gone at this point. You know, he's yeah. dead. Um, but she does this wish that then Steve Trevor, then his mind and spirit and soul go into some random dude and he becomes Steve Trevor. And that what? dude had no agency. We never see who that guy is, but he just steals someone's life. Yeah, yeah. And all like, questions oh, is it. Nope. We don't. It doesn't handle that. It doesn't. We, don't, we don't see someone previously. Nope. Like. Nope. You, I think a, you see like, like do you see male or something? I think you see it at the end because I think the whole movie posits that Wonder Woman sees Steve Trevor and we see Chris Pine, but in actuality, it's still that dude. Yes. But like, whatever. It doesn't touch it because there's so much. There's so much involved in that post that. The movie's not interested in, in in analyzing the implications of that on any level. It's purely just a fun device to fill the movie out. The hell, yo, Gavin. Gavin's like, and then they bang it out in the middle of the movie. 
<laughs> I love the fact you that do, you even man. phrased it like that. That's hilarious. It's um, this is a bad movie. It, it didn't help that this is on you know Max, and they're trying to push Max to the point you know like Disney Plus just you know started as well that year, so they're really pushing it. So, um, I don't like seeing movies first on streaming. Um, I get distracted easily, and I like the social contract uh, social contract of a movie theater. I need to pay attention to. Um, so I took a lot of piss breaks during this. I was on my phone during this movie. Um, this was just a boring movie. It's not good. Uh, the mall scene is cute, but that's about it. That's the only thing I remember, that, that I remember of this. Um, oh, yeah, at the beginning, right? Loved it. Yeah, Kristen Wiig as as Minerva is fine, not as Cheetah. Um, it just doesn't work. Uh, uh, Pedro Pascal. I'm a fan, but he takes some weird choices in this that I don't necessarily know if it's are his choices or who was the script's choices. Um, it's weird, man. This is a it's not a good movie. I give this C or D. If the consensus is D, then I'm I'm, I'm cool with going with D. D it is. So. Yep, D. Dan says, "Why couldn't he just come back? Why did he have to be in someone else's body? I don't get it. I get it. You know why? Because they made the dumbass decision to put." wonder woman in the past and center her characters in the past that was insane why would you put steve trevor in world war one you know you're not going to want to leave him there you know it you know you don't have the balls yeah. to leave him there and also like oliver supporting cast that gets introduced in the first movie cannot be in the second one right yeah, that's right candy they can, she yeah. she's in the first what what was that that was crazy uh anyway what abomination <laughs> Then we go to March 18th, 2021. And, well, we're talking Zack Snyder's Justice League. It happened. We got the Snyder Cut. Props to all of you who uh, who made it happen, except for those of you who were douchebags online. You can screw off. But everybody else who was respectfully asking for this, props to you. We got Zack Snyder's Justice League, a movie that was the centerpiece of a war between HBO and HBO Max. Mm. This movie could have its own deep dive. There are a lot of things I could say about this. I will not. What I will say is that HBO did not want this to happen. Warner did not want this to happen. HBO Max side of things and the executives there needed this to happen. They needed a hit for the streaming service. That is important to note. They felt that this movie would bring people on in droves. To this day, we will never know if that happened or not. But Zack Snyder took that opportunity. He shot uh, scenes of this in his backyard, had some of the actors come for reshoots and did them in his backyard. Uh, there's a Martian Manhunter cameo, notably, that was um, done there. Um, it's four hours, if I remember correctly. And it is split up into these different acts. You can, so you can sort of watch it act by act if you want to, if you want to break it up. Um, I love this. I think Zack Snyder's Justice League is far superior to the original. I watched this shit two days in a row. Yeah, yeah you did. I love it. Um, it's. I think it's awesome. I think it's. It's not. It's not what I would want a Justice League movie to be, but. Zack Snyder learned from the mistakes of the first iteration, which all, you know, all honesty, like, that's a benefit. Had he never left the project the first time around, it wouldn't have been this good, in my opinion. 
I think he was able mm. to use hindsight to make a better movie. And is it a perfect movie? No, not by any means. It probably doesn't have to be four hours long. That is excessive for anything. And it still doesn't have dark side. It still has Steppenwolf as the villain. You know, there's a lot of things about it that are frustrating, but I personally love it. And it is the only movie out of all of these that I genuinely would put on a list like this at a, or well, I guess I put BVS at a, but at a or S for this specific list, I think it's better than everything else here. I think, I think I'll meet you at a, because I remember liking the the structure again. And I remember there were some pensive moments. Um, the, the one that always sticks out to me that I think a lot of people disagreed on was the the Aquaman moment where he's walking back out. Uh, there's like all this music playing and it was, it was interesting concepts. And I thought that they played well within the universe of that film. Um, whether or not they dragged on, I think pacing was probably an issue. But otherwise, I, I thought it, it worked much better. Um, I even... After the, uh, we had done, I think we had done a watch along. Uh, yeah, I, I went back to watch the black and white version. And I thought that was great. That I think from uh, the way that it was shot, um, you saw a lot of contrast and shadow, a lot of um, just uh, what I thought were interesting takes and interesting perspectives from like a, a, a framing end. And yeah, this was, this was good shit. Um, at least for, you know, for, for what it is and in the context of, this list a is the highest i'll go though kale did you see this oh yeah all four hours of it i genuinely don't remember any of it (laughs) (laughs) we watched it i rearranged my entire living room so that i could watch it i couldn't stream it so yeah uh because we don't hbo max isn't over here um I genuinely, I, <laughs> it, I might as well be out of the conversation for this because I, I genuinely don't remember it. So you, it, it goes under haven't seen because it might as well. Like I, yeah. I, I didn't fall asleep. I know that. I the four hours through, for you. I suffered through every second of it. I don't remember a thing. I think this one is a good movie it's not great i still don't agree with the fact that i don't think it understands the characters too well but at least it's a cohesive movie that has a pov has a perspective and it has a style um i do think it's too long but it also was supposed to be two movies so whatever i think the flash forward scenes are dumb i think that's stupid um oh yeah especially since we're never gonna get those there's no point of having those if we're never gonna get it like i don't know recredit with those out of it i don't know um I, yeah, I I don't have as much hate for this one as much. I think I think A is fine. I'm okay with A. Um, for like a four hour movie, I found it watchable. You know, definitely watchable. Um, it had a lot more Snyderisms that I enjoy for being Snyderisms in it, instead of Joss Whedon translated Snyderisms, which is not good. Um, I'm trying to, I I didn't watch the black and white one because that makes no sense to me. Why don't you have the Justice League in black and white? Color theory is is integral to classic superheroes, um, but that again, maybe that's a Snyderism that I just don't get. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think this is uh, I'm okay with giving this an A. I, I'd probably give it more of a B, but I'm okay with going A. Atomic Hound, I don't necessarily recommend that you sit through four hours on my <laughs> word, but 
I I really really enjoy it. And shit, I might have to sit through four hours on my word. I might have to stand on my fucking word. And I and I would like to. I would like to. Maybe I'll get around to it. It's worth pointing out that this movie had a budget of seventy eight million dollars, and that is insane because this is not a movie that was ever released in theaters. This is a movie that already, well, some amount of this already existed. So the reshoots and whatnot was $78 million. That's a lot of money. And that's one of the reasons why Warner and HBO were so angry about uh, what this ended up being. But ultimately, sorry? No, go, go, finish. Ultimately, that's the swan song of Zack Snyder as far as, you know, DC is concerned. And we would not hear from him again. And all of the movies we'll talk about after he didn't have involvement in from this point forward, but that doesn't mean he was never involved. Uh, so quick, quick shout out to Mike Elliott in the chat. Good to see you, bud. Hey. Uh, he says highest rating I can give it watchable. Man. A B, a B. <laughs> a B. He gave a it a B. 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 Yeah. Marco, I so, saw you. Uh, what, is, what did the polls come out to? Yeah, I saw you oh. put a poll up, which I thought was weird, but I really, I'm interested to hear what. I, I, I was curious was. to see as well. Yeah, uh, it's. Oh, all right. D tier, large portion D tier, 37%. But right after that, B tier, 31. Uh, we got some A's and we got some C's. Okay, not too bad. So our consensus is A. I think that's where that's out to. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's fine. I'm not going to argue that. Huge discrepancy between us and yeah. the audience. Wow. Yeah. All right. All right. So moving forward to Suicide Squad 2021, which is the second film to be released under the pandemic in the pandemic era for DC. It is actually the 10th film in the totality of the DC EU. Um, and it's the first involvement of James Gunn as a, as anything in the DC on the DC side of things. Uh, this released on August 5th, 2021 with a budget of $185 million and a box office of $168 million. So didn't do very well at all. Um, but a lot more people like it than the first one. Uh, this is my other S-tier film. This you. was so mm-hmm. much fun. This had a lot of interesting characters. Um, I thought Peacemaker was great and complicated the pov were provided is uh it's an interesting take and the the way that it builds up more and more into the the ultimate starro i thought was great uh, it 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 surpassed any expectation that i had and you know a lot of these pieces were in the um uh, a lot of these pieces were in the the trailers but i think what really sold it for me were some were the character interactions were like how they ultimately came together to fight these uh, to fight these villains, to fight the ultimate bad, and uh, the the twist, sort of the the stuff at the end, I thought provided heart, and I was surprised that I felt away, and I was I was getting emotions pulled out of me, which surprised me. I think this thing did a lot of great things, honestly. Um, box office is hard to tell this one because of the world at the time. Like, I remember seeing this in theaters, but I had to, like, make an effort to, like, prep for it, <laughs> you know, and my theater was empty because there was nobody in it. Um, and, uh, but I think this thing does, A, I think it's not, it's unapologetically a comic book movie. Um, 
choosing to secretly do Starro at the end, I was like, whoa, that is wild. They decided to do that. Um, and it felt like one of the first like movie DC movies that put character before plot. Like the plot's straightforward. It's, you're, they're, they're stopping a coup or, or aiding a coup, essentially. Um, but like there's a lot of quiet character scenes, like with Ratcatcher. Like I didn't, I never expected to care for Ratcatcher 2 or Polka Dot Man, you know, getting his whole backstory. And then like people die in this, you know, there are stakes involved there. Uh, we're like, Suicide Squad, what, who dies? One person? The original? Slipknot, I think. Maybe. Uh, the, uh, yeah, there's a couple. I and then like, a couple. yeah, like El Diablo maybe or something. But um, so there's like stakes here because it makes you care about the characters before they kill them. So you're like, oh, man that wait what and oh oh what's his face um it wasn't the guy that gets pulled apart nathan fillion's role gets oh yeah in? yeah and i and i and i like that it did that too uh, yeah, the opening yeah. where it's just like all right let's show these characters through our press and the media it's like all right here's this huge cast of characters doing yes. and half of them were dead at the beginning i thought that was great what's his um, name um from from snl um pete davidson yeah my yeah. nemesis fuck yeah. that guy <laughs> So you know Pete Davidson from SNL, but not Kristen Wiig? Never mind. All right. Um, and yeah, I think this is, this is super fun. And I think it shows that at least Warner also cared about this movie a lot and cared what, what James Gunn was doing because, A, it's the only one to actually get a TV spinoff with Peacemaker, which is also a great show. And B... It gave it was the intro to James Gunn to DC, which then gave him the keys to the future of what we're getting. So I think well, it's a really important movie. I think I think the the part about it getting a show is just due to a different era in media because there weren't shows. There was no HBO Max before. Sure, but like Wonder Woman didn't, you know, uh, Birds of Prey didn't. Even though I think there was rumors about Birds of Prey. There was no Max when Birds of Prey came out. And uh, I don't know what the what would have been the way in for Wonder Woman. I think I think spinning out of Suicide Squad makes perfect sense. Uh, I don't know if it makes sense anywhere else. I don't like this movie very much. Not as much as most people do. I didn't like Starro. I thought that was completely dumb. Uh, I thought it was too over the top. The Harley Quinn sequence where she's like running around with all the like whatever that was, the unicorns and shit. Oh, like the flowers. Flowers, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah that yeah, was yeah. that was not for me. Mm -hmm. Um and sometimes I don't like what James Gunn does. I feel like sometimes he goes too far uh in one direction, and that's when I get turned off. And uh this was like peak James Gunn for me in the sense that it does some things I really love, but it also does some things that I really, really don't love. For the sake of this, I would say we could give this an, I would, I would be comfortable with an A, but in my personal feelings, I would say closer to a B, B minus. Uh, I said Kale. S. I, I would say S too, just to fill that out. I can't think of anything else though that would go there in my opinion. Of all the films I would give an S, it would be this one. S tier, baby. Stop that baby on. Again, though, I'm not comfortable giving any of these films an S, but easy A for this. For me, this is the best movie of all of them. So wait, is this a poll between A and S? Sure, why not? Slap that baby on. Give me one second. 
I so Sean, you bring up like it's it's more it's it's a very James Gunn movie, uh, and I agree because like Guardians of the Galaxy is a James Gunn movie, but this feels much more like Slither or Super, um, and I kind of like it for that. It, it 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 felt like they really let him they really gave him the reins. They're like, hey, the Suicide Squad or, or rather Suicide Squad did not do too well. Do whatever you want with this. Have fun. We trust you. Um, and it was also a bit of a fu to Marvel too for letting him go. Um, so I, you know, I just think they they really just let him free roam, uh, and I had I had a lot of fun with it. Yeah, yeah. I I think the 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 way that they allowed him to just like for almost free reign um, helped to also usurp expectations because um, you know we had I, I felt like I had a certain idea of what it was going to come into from the Guardians movies, and so. At that point, uh, Guardians Two had come out a few years back. I wasn't hot on that, and so I was like, "Ah, I don't know how I feel about it." Like, I'm, I'm, I'm excited about the potential for some of these new characters and some of these new actors, um, in particular because of some of the high-profile people that they got. But I like the swerve, and that immediately hooked me in. I'm like, "Oh, cool! Actually, we're leaning hard into what made the first one a lot of fun for me in terms of the uh, Guardians movie," uh, and then he's gonna go out because it's gonna be a little bit more mature you can you can swear you can kill you can do you know crazier things that i think played into uh guns wackiness all right let's move on and talk about black adam this is when the hierarchy of the dceu was supposed to change i don't know if that actually happened asked dwayne johnson um who played the titular character and had a heavy hand in what this movie could and couldn't be. So notably, oh, well, before I say that, uh, it had a budget of 190 to $260 million and a box office haul of 393.5 million, which is not amazing. Um, but in the post COVID era of film, that's decent because a lot of movies we see, we see the box office plummet for a lot of franchises and things like that post COVID. So, um, this movie features the Justice Society sort of as the antagonists for Black Adam, although they're presented as the heroes um, of the overall story. And, you know, it's Black Adam defending conduct from invaders and, you know, having to fight the JSA while they try to recruit him. And will he be an ally in the battle against from good and evil or will he be you know, an enemy. And that's kind of the framing of the movie. And uh, this is probably, other than Justice League, the most disappointing movie for me because I thought, after watching it, I thought, wow, this could have been great. This really could have been amazing. There are some very, very, very interesting things set up here. I think the version of Black Adam that they choose to go with is compelling. And it could have done a lot more to analyze the, like, how, how much... Do superheroes really understand the problems of the world? You know, they understand how to deal with a dark side or a or a brainiac or whatever, but what do they know about terror? You know, like what do they know about foot to ground, day to day violence and horror? And how do they deal with that? And is Black Adam really wrong because he's in the trenches dealing with stuff that they don't see? I think that was cool, but they didn't go that route. They don't actually have the the depth of an analysis. What I will give the movie though, is that the action is some of the best I've ever seen in a superhero movie. And the costumes are amazing. Um, Dr. Fate 
holy shit. Come on. Pierce Brosnan, and he just looks the part, and it's amazing. The, the helmet, forget it. I really like the JSA in this movie. I thought that was really fun. Uh, Adam Smasher and, and Hawk, Hawkman looked amazing in this, which is two words I never could, you know, thought I would say together. Um, I, I, I think that had a lot of potential. I think The Rock is, it, in my opinion, it's not Black Adam, it's The Rock in the movie. It's The Rock with superpowers, which I guess in a way is what Black Adam has become. Um, I have more of a history with the character, so it doesn't really feel like Black Adam to me. Um, and then knowing all the behind-the-scenes stuff, that kind of taints my view of this movie. Um, because, and being a wrestling fan, like, this is just The Rock for me. And also, it has the most annoying kid character in any movie I've seen in a long time. Um, that kid in this movie annoyed the hell out of me. <laughs> um, I think this is like a... This might be a C for me. I don't feel like I could say a D fully, but it's, it's a C. I think it's more watchable than some of the Ds we put on this list. Oh, this straight D for me. This film is out of an entirely different era. Like, if we'd gotten this in 2002, we would have been thrilled. The um, Madam Web of DC. Yeah, like, it just... Like, I I absolutely agree with everything Sean said. Um, and it, I, I think this movie is an utter failure because it didn't... Uh, stick the landing for any of it it didn't you know it didn't even make black adam question any of it and then you have the rock of, of it all and it just nah, this movie is ass not to mention henry cavill at the end too mm. for what yeah uh i for the purposes of this list i would give it a c but outside of the confines of the dcu i would give it a, a, a d yeah, it's kind of where I am, Sean. Yeah. These things are on a, 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 a curve for me. Yeah. So what does that Marco, get to? I think it's a, I think it would go to a C. Marco, have you seen it? No. no? Okay. okay. So let's see. So yeah, I'll put it in C. All right. Now, so the first of all of these movies that I simply did not watch, we move on to Shazam. Fury of the Gods, which was released March 17th, 2023. We are very close to the end here. Uh, this had a budget of 110 to $125 million and a box office of $134 million. So that is a that is really bad. That's Damn. that's that's really, really bad. I still posit that this movie suffered from the sins of all the movies prior. This was fun. Uh, great, great characters. I thought the dynamics that were explored towards the tail end of the first Shazam movie were uh, continued and grew. Like th there was time in between that made things compelling. There was a moment I teared up and like almost cried uh, from the character interactions. And uh, <clears throat> I, I, I'm, I'm so unhappy that people didn't come back to this film to give um, Shazam a shot. Cause I think it does really good work. The end fighting sequence, once you start getting into, you know, like the, the big splashy stuff, people throwing fists, I start to, that's where I fell asleep, but woke back up, the movie wrapped up pretty clean, and it became a lesson about, about Barry, about how he feels like he was stuck in, or rather, uh, Billy, how he feels like he was stuck, and how he needed to grow beyond feeling uh, alone, 
and feeling like he needed to be able to uh, move forward while losing the people that he loves. And not losing them in like they're dying, but losing them because as you grow, people might grow apart, but it doesn't mean that they don't still love you, that they don't still care, and you can't still have and form those relationships. Yeah, this was solid A, dude. Get the fuck out of here. Solid bro. A. There's I, no I, chance in hell. Go to the audience. There's no fucking way. You're There's just going to no deny way. my the fucking opinion? Person. There's no way. Exactly. The I, only person, no, the only opinion no, on this podcast, no, I would say. No. Let me let me, let me me clarify this. I uh, didn't see this film. Uh-huh. But as soon as Marco started talking about it, I, I reflexively picked up my phone and started flipping through it. Oh, fuck, dude. So I don't know what that says. I'm going to present a counterpoint. Marco. I'm going to present a counterpoint without even having seen this movie. So the first Shazam movie clearly and cleanly sets up the future with that little fucking bug. What's his name? Mr. Mind or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Mr. Mind and Savannah and all that. Oh, and by the way, there's a character called Black Adam who is Shazam's actual antagonist. And who the fuck is in that movie? They got the fucking... They got the fucking octogenarians. They got the horticulture women from um from from uh, Jonathan X-Men. Hickman's X-Men yeah. to to moonlight as the villains for Shazam for some strange reason that to this day I don't understand. I'm not going to talk about Helen Mirren and, and Lucy Liu like that. That's just rude. Lucy Liu, no no no. Lucy the, the Lucy Liu is not an octogenarian. I'm talking about the presentation of those characters yeah. that are nameless in terms of having any history in DC comics, these movies do not need new characters. You don't have to, to invent new characters when there's a wealth of villains and enemies that you could use. This movie's an abomination, and I didn't even see it. Get a pull up, Marco. Here's the thing, though. I, if Marco Zilona saw it, rule state that Marco would have the opinion, I think. Well, I don't agree guess with what? it. But this Three is- out of four disagree? It ain't going down like that. <laughs> Yeah, no chance in hell. I don't want to break the rules. Just Especially if he's trying to put it nay. All right, let's see. Let's see. We're, we're going to. My man couldn't gonna... even summarize it without me picking up my phone. It's not happening. That's not my fault. You got can, you name, can you name the villains? Of course um, not. That's not a, that's not a fair uh, point. I just, I just, I do have an issue with Marco. You saying you fell asleep in a movie and you're still giving it an act. Like, I think your, your scale's a little skewed. <laughs> I, I and I, I want to say the uh, Hendrick Perry goes someday. I hope to uh, channel member. Thank you very much. Someday I hope I can express my bad opinions as eloquently as Marco can. <laughs> I don't know, guys. I'm seeing a lot of a lot of A's in the chat. You fucker. Uh, a lot of. <laughs> I didn't even see it. <laughs> you fucker. <laughs> it's a rib pull. It, it, I can't. I can't. I, I don't know. I promiscuous time traveler. That was Marco's minute. That, that was that was me taking I, over for a hot second. This is what happens when Marco gets power, though. Uh <laughs> listen. Can we please? Can we please? Can we make an executive decision right now? Can it's, we either? It, it's still tiered. No, 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 no. Can we either disqualify this movie or throw that fucker in D and call it a day? Because Marco, I don't need to go and. Th- 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 I think C is fine. D, D, I think I'd have to see the movie and hate it for it to go in D. Dude, look at the chat. Well, well okay, I, I can't have to. I'm only on one screen right now. There's, I a, see, there's I a, see. a few lower D. Yo, chill, yeah, Roboters. Lower D. Dan Trudeau said, 
This is the, this this comment encapsulates this movie. <laughs> the last third is an astounding pile of garbage. How could an astounding okay. pile of garbage be an A? That's the part I fell asleep on, so I don't remember it. Yeah, okay. Marco, Marco. I don't, D it I don't is. mean as an offense, but I think I trust Dan more than I trust Marco. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm Hell gonna close yeah. the poll. Let's see where let's see where that's out. Hold on, drum roll, please. Wait, wait. Let's see, let's see. Ooh, ooh, sixty-six percent A, thirty-three percent A, and then we got two zeros for A. Do you hear yourself? Huh? You sound like the fawn stuttering. Hey, sound. You sound like a massive A to me. <laughs> can we? Can we move on? Can we? Can we throw this this thing in in D or C and just please? Yeah, sure. Let's get to a good movie. No, <laughs> hound, hound says C. Let's put it in C. Okay, sure. Hound, hound, hound rules. I, I'm I already that. put it in D. Sorry, I'm not going back to it. I only got one screen right now. All right. All right. Fair enough. <laughs> Tyler rules, I guess. I, I'm with that too. The Flash is our next movie. Oh. 2023, June 16th, my birthday. Otherwise known as the day that DC decided to fuck me. You know why? <laughs> because I had to go watch this piece of shit. Uh-huh. It had a budget of 220 to 200 and, or 200 to 220 million, a box office of 271 million. That is a disappointment. And so is the rest of this movie. And, and, and if I could just jump on my soapbox for a minute, there was a point in time at which we actually could have had a Grant Morrison written flash movie. Mm. That was happening. This film was in development hell for about 10 years. It had various directors, producers, writers, all of that. And The Flash is a character with a rich history. Many people love The Flash, a beloved character who absolutely should have had a movie before, um, I don't know, Shazam or the fucking Suicide Squad. But that didn't happen. We got the movie. Okay, it's 2023. It's June 16th. It's my birthday. I'm sitting down in that theater. And you know what I got? I got a movie that, for some reason, is trying to uh, tie together a whole DC universe that won't exist in six months. Includes the worst CG I have ever seen in a superhero movie. Those uh, uh, Speed Force scenes are abominable. And I, I was thinking about the microwave baby. Yeah, that was so god awful too. Oh, yeah, I will right. never believe the the words of Andy Machete, who I believe is the director, who said that who said that th that was deliberate. That wasn't fucking deliberate. You ran out of money with a budget like that. You cannot produce the kind of movie that they tried to produce. And the cream of the crop, the end sequence where we see all the different iterations of, of various Superman and things of that nature throughout the multiverse. And they show us Nicolas Cage's version of Superman that wasn't even Nicolas Cage. That's right. And the absolutely disrespectful, and I'm normally not the guy for this, but I believe it was disrespectful, the Christopher Reeve aspect. Hmm. Hmm. By all accounts, he would not have wanted it. That's what I have read. And I believe it was his own family that, that has said that. So I will say a big F you to The Flash. 
and I will give it a D. And if there was an F, I'd give it a fucking F. I think we should make an F. I think we should make an F. <laughs> That's the bottom of D at the wor- at, at the best. It, it'd have to be a spiritual F because I can't edit. The no, it's okay. But, but you know, uh, I'd like to shout out two two comments here. Uh, definitely not a mean pairs. Another channel member. This is the movie that created the famous Sean face meme. Uh, so so we bow, we bow yeah. to this one. That's right. <laughs> yeah, it, did, it did one good thing at least. And then and then from from Andre here, Ezra Miller is the greatest DC villain and Avengers level threat. Absolutely. And there were two of him. <laughs> Don't forget <laughs> the gift Sean got for his birthday was that there were two Ezra Millers in this movie acting against each other. Fuck this movie. Fuck DC. Fuck Andy Muschietti. I'm not going to see Batman and Robin. You try. You're trying to trick me again. Not gonna happen. I, I, I had just movie, I had just rewatched uh, Batman Returns in theaters, um, which made me remember how much I like Michael Keaton's Batman. Hell and yeah. now talking about this reminds me of how wasteful Michael, Michael Keaton's Batman is in this movie. Just an absolute garbage fire of a it, that alone. Talk about disrespectful, man. Like, dude, they didn't even bother to think deeply about their own film. The reason why I made that face, the, the, the face that is the meme, is because Tyler told me accurately that the movie is never at any point concerned. I believe it was Tyler that said, with who killed yeah. Yeah. Yep. Uh, 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 Barry's mother. Yep. Which is the driving point of the movie unreal anyway fuck this movie what are you saying d tier f f okay i put Spiritual a poll up yeah. yeah put a poll up give me a d or give me an f god 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 <laughs> it makes me feel like i need to curse like it just just makes me mad even more now than i was then Ugh. Mm-hmm. all right Let's talk about Blue Beetle. Ooh. I, I haven't seen it. I didn't see it. <laughs> I did. Let's make it okay. quick. <laughs> I watched it for the purposes of this. I put myself through that. Oh, okay. Uh, so this released on August 18th, 2023. A budget of 104 to 125 million. Box office of 130. That's really bad. Um, yeah. Mm. This movie is nothing to write home about. I, it's fine. I think. Kale, you probably would have liked it. Tyler, I could see you liking it. It's a family movie. Um, it has good beats and moments, but overall, they the villain is Omac, and that was that was bizarre. Like yeah. not not in a good way. Um, I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah, okay. it's. I I don't know Omac very well. I don't. I've never really seen that concept used in the comics. But it was just a dude in a suit, and so yeah. Um, solid, solid C, I think. Definitely a C. Yeah. Wow, that the chat is actually really split. Yeah. A, B, C, B, C plus. A solid 2004 movie. That is exactly right. I don't need (laughs) to say any more words about it. That's so good. Damn, aggressively relaxing, perfect Blue Beetle movie. S, yo, chill. Stop. I mean, I mean, he's being being aggressive. Stop. Oh yeah, that's right. Compare it to the other Blue Beetle movies that are out, right? Like <laughs> the one Blue Beetle movie that we got. <laughs> Can I just say that in this in this DCFU, we got a Blue Beetle movie before a Green Lantern anything. No, no. 
I, I will say this movie is a casualty of the flash because the flash t- took me so out of it. I did not care to see this. And also the strike was happening at the time. So I was like, all right, I'm just not going to. And, and also we knew that the, the DCU was at an end, which I do yeah. think hurt it yeah. a lot. Yeah. yeah. That's like when a, on a comic already announced the end is coming and there's like a new arc with a better team. And you're well, just like, all right, I'm just going to drop off now. Yeah. That's where we're at with the Krakoan stuff. Like we know the future is at hand. Do we need dead yeah. X-Men number one? Anyway. Uh, yeah. yeah. C, I would say. Yeah. Cool. All right. And that takes us to our last film. Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom, which released on December 22nd, 2023, just a few weeks ago. But budget of 205 to $215 million with a box office of $413.4 million. That $413 million is actually uh what 700-ish million dollars lower than what the first one made, but is also the most successful DCEU movie since 2018. Oof. And it was shite. Did you see it, Marco? No. I didn't either. Is that the only one none of us saw? Okay, good. I saw it. Yeah, I went to theaters for this. I have a a, a monthly pass, so I figured, you know, why not? Um, Wasn't there an after credit scene with Aquaman in The Flash where he drowns in a puddle? You fall, he get yeah, he he passes out from drinking too much into a puddle, yeah. This movie is not of this year. Like <laughs> it feels so weird. Um it is not good. It is a CGI fest. Um and not in a, and not in a good way. Um you can tell that Mara is edited out of this movie mostly. Um it almost feels like were there significant reshoots on this show? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it almost feels like this should have been the Mara Aquaman movie, which then became the Ocean Master Aquaman movie because of the whole Amber Heard stuff. That, that I don't know if that's true, but I got that feeling where it's like they almost like uh, explicitly made you not want to look at Mara. Like I, she gets I knocked bet. off. Yeah. She gets knocked off pretty early. Um, it becomes like a brother, like a buddy cop brother movie. It's it's boring. It's Orm? boring for yeah. Orm is in this. He's and no, but he's like okay. yeah. yeah. Wait, what's the question? I mean, he's it's no, no, Aquaman's no, no. brother. No, I just I, the, the fact that it becomes like a buddy cop thing, like like they they join forces. That's the majority of the movie. Yeah, no, I don't I don't like that. And it, and it's all about um them becoming better brothers. Uh, that's the driving point of this. Um, Black Manta is is doing his best. Willem Dafoe, Green Goblin, talking into his trident. Um, it's weird. The, the 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 final. I don't know if you've seen it on Twitter or whatever, Rex, whatever. The final scene of the DCEU is in this movie, which is Orm at a fish and chips place eating a roach, which or like a burger spot because he's learning how to like the 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 being an, uh, a a person of the land now. Um, but I think fuck? it's just a good. I think it's a good. Uh, summation of the dceu it's like all right eat this roach and pretend you like it yeah and by the way nothing could make me not want to look at mara i just want to point that out <laughs> he was I trying mean, to look for you he was looking for her in these scenes man, whatever man. amount you, of you and redheads time, dude dude listen come on i'm a simple man whatever amount of screen time she had i'll watch it on a loop <laughs> uh, there, so there was what, a cool crab guy in this but i think this is a 
again, I, maybe you see, I don't, D doesn't feel right. It's, it's not good. No D, I'll say D. I've seen a couple of C's in the chat. I see some D's as well. Uh, you can put it in D if that's what you feel. That's fine. I'm putting it before Flash, though. Yes, uh, 100%. Yeah. And sure. that is it for the DC films. We we, we made, got through them. What was that, 15? Uh, yeah, it made, it made Kel leave. Yeah, Kel yeah. said, I'm out of here. Dude. Done. <laughs> um, And look, it made billions of dollars. For Warner, right? Um, it made stars out of characters that were not necessarily as known to people. Um, but it did a lot of bad. It did a lot of bad. I think that the Superman character is going to need rehabbed. Um, yep. And hopefully James Gunn can do that with what's going to come next. Um, I think that even like Aquaman might need a little rehabbing just because yeah. he went out. A drunk. Most people will their last thought of him will be that flash ending, because so many of us didn't even bother to watch Aquaman. Um, and I think the DC brand in general was harmed significantly by this era of films. And I think it also hurts the future of the DC films because people might carry the stench of all of this might carry over into what James Gunn and Co have planned for the future. Mm. Oh, is that what that was? I was wondering. <laughs> um, you know everything is being set up we've got Superman Legacy coming in 2025 so hopefully they can do a better job real quick based on the the DCEU that we got what is it that needs to be done differently let's not make this a long talk just everybody one quick thing everything <laughs> uh... I, I, I mean that honestly though like, like I think they tried mimicking Marvel's success and trying to do it their own way um and i think you can't compare yourself to that i think they need to have a plan and stick to it Mm -hmm. and and i think they have a plan and they're they are sticking to it and and i think that that becomes the right move moving moving forward uh, to build your baseline and then build upon it because you needed a foundation and they never had one kale you're muted Uh, all right, I I'm gonna say uh, they need to really look at what DC is like in the comics and bring that to life. I don't think it's really complicated at all. DC comics are great. Do that. DC has some of the the most iconic, uh, historic characters in history that people know who they are. The average person can list you know at least five dc characters whether they know they're dc or not um they need heart and they need uh they need a a a a gravitational center you know superman and i think it's got to be superman or it won't or this isn't gonna work yeah amin perez says if the mcu was a five out of five preface four how bad was this um i would say a two out of five I think more bad than good. One and a half. Yeah. That's fair. Just based on our, uh, our tier, it's, it's, it's way towards the end. The most is in D. Yeah. So, yeah. And I will say one thing. Yeah. One thing that, that, that has me hopeful to do a swamp thing right off the, right off the jump. 
Can't say no to that. There you go. I that can't. That doesn't inspire hope in me, but okay, yeah. fair enough. Um, yeah. Uh, so long, DCEU. Thanks for the memories. You know, I guess. Um, <laughs> it's been real. And uh, you know what? R.I.P. And by that, I mean rest and piss. So long. Bye. Bye, DC. DCFU. And let's embrace James Gunn, Peter Safran. Hopefully they have the right idea. Hopefully Zaslav gives them the space to cook and to do their best. Um, DC has a chance to make themselves the premier film studio for superheroes. Hopefully they take that seriously. Believe it or not, we've got more show to do. We're two hours into this bad boy. That took us a while, but we've got some more show. So hopefully you guys are still enjoying what we're doing and keen on hanging out with us for a little bit longer. Patreon.com slash the comics pals is where you can support us. If you have enjoyed this so far, if you generally like what we do, that is the best way to show it. We thank everybody who chooses to do that. Um, I want to make a, well, I want to shout out, first of all, a special shout out to the best pals in the universe, Thunderstruck Rebecca Alejandro, the Hound of Justice Atomic Hound, Starcross Catherine Stars, the Night Stalker Harris Najinsky, Brian Demolisher Del Pozo, Kefis the Incorruptible, Momentum Mike Elliott, Dan the Truth Trudeau, Joel Justice, Jalen the Sanguine Sorcerer, Marley Manistorm, Slow Flow Dameron, Amin Almighty Perez, Pete the Dream River Collins, and Christian Uncaged Harriet. Thank you all so, so, so much. You guys are fantastic. If you want your own nickname and a shout-out and you want to join the Palsverse, hit up our Patreon page, join us on the I Shall Become a Pal tier, and you will get your uh, you will get your origin, your Pals origin. Um, want to reiterate an announcement we made last week as far as the book club goes. We had a very successful book club this past Tuesday. The Dark Knight Returns went off without a hitch. You guys loved it. We announced that we are upping our game with the with the poll. So instead of us nominating books, which is how it normally is, um, we're going to be doing things differently. So now on patreon.com slash the comics pals, anybody with a Patreon account who is subscribed to us for completely free, you don't have to pay a dime, can nominate a book, and we will take the most nominated books and we will put them in a poll where our patrons will vote to determine the book we will be doing for the month. This month is Superman month. So if you go to patreon.com slash the comics pals right now and you subscribe for free, if that's what you choose to do, you can nominate a book in the comments and that kicks us all off. So if you want to be a part of what we choose to read for the book club, that's the way to do it. Uh, also, also 2000 subs goal. We want to make 2000 subs, but the first quarter of 20. 24 you can help us do that if you are a podcast only listener i'm counting on you head on over to youtube.com slash the comics pals and just hit that subscribe button you don't have to watch us if that's not what your bag is you just like to listen that's cool but it helps us out it costs you nothing to do channel members thank you so much for being a part of it we've got early access or early access videos there for you you get your green name, you get your icons in the live chat, and also we are introducing a new show called Pen Pals, where we will be reading and dissecting and discussing your questions, your comments. If there's a topic you want us to hit on, anything like that, hit us up. 
and we will use it for the pen pal segment, which God, will be what a name. What a yeah, name. Atomic Hound, the genius. Atomic Hound, the genius. Next Saturday, we will be interviewing Philip Kennedy Johnson live on the show. Normal time, normal everything. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to be talking Incredible Hulk, Superman, Green Lantern War Journal, and anything else we feel like talking about with the man. So come hang out with us for that. We want a lot of support. And I actually talked to the pals about this beforehand. Uh, We can workshop this right now. Fuck it. I wanted, I thought it would be cool to be able to do a giveaway. So I was thinking that for the Philip Kennedy Johnson interview, we can do a similar giveaway to the one we did with Jeff Johns or even on the Dark Knight Returns book club where we gave away a copy of the book. I was thinking that we could give away one of one of these three books, choice of the choice of the winner, Incredible Hulk Volume 1, Green Lantern War Journal Volume 1, or Superman Action Comics War World Rising. Yes. And maybe not Green Lantern because that's not out yet, but. No. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great idea. Absolutely. Love it. Cool. Make sure to tell your friends. Yeah. At Join minimum, in. minimum. Tell them to show up so they can get a free comic. There it is. Yeah. They got to chat, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They have to chat and stuff. Uh, you guys have to chat, and you have to be able to message me or one of us on Discord to claim your prize. So be here live with us for the Philip Kennedy Johnson interview. Should be a good time. I think so. He's a great guy. The listener pick poll, let's just take a quick look at that and see where we're at. You guys can, of course, vote in that on YouTube.com slash The Comics Pals. We've got Action Comics number 1062 on there. That's winning the poll, 55%. The Displaced, number one at 14%. The Infernals, number one at 9%. And Sinister Suns, number one at 23%. So go on and vote. Don't leave us, but make sure that you get your vote in. Another tab, however you want to do it. Vote. I voted Action Comics. I love the other books, but I want to read more of that. Mm, I did the Displaced. I wanted, I wanted to see what that was about. Sick. Same. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, we got we need one more like, y'all, for, for the games at the end. We're so close. If you're in the chat and you haven't, give us a quick like. Play the yeah. games. There you go. Slap a thumbs up in there. Atomic Hound says, let's go for a record number of views and likes next week. We can do hey, it. I love that. Let's go. I love that. I love that. Um, Gavin says PKJ is his homeboy. Love that guy. Yeah, we love him too. He's a great dude. Uh, all right, we've got listener comments to go to, so let's hit them. And this one is, uh, this one is, <laughs> I want to, I want to make a point that this one came to us through email, and so we love to get emails. That's my favorite thing. I love YouTube comments and all that, but emails is like old school to me. Yeah. So you can email us at contact at the comicspals.com. And uh, Shane chose to email us to shit on Marco. And I w- yeah, I also want to make the point that this one came into our old email address. <laughs> That's right. Oh. Uh, this one is from Shane from New Zealand. Hello, pals, and Kiora from New Zealand. That means hi and welcome uh, from in, in uh, Maori. Longtime listener, first-time writer, thought I'd finally drop you a line after hearing Marco diss us Kiwis a couple of weeks back. So here I am to represent for Aotearoa. That's the Maori name for New Zealand. 
I've been listening to your podcast for some time and a patron since 2022. So I think New Zealand is outdoing Australia on the support front. I think the Comics Pals is the best podcast around. No shade on the others. Just yours is a good mix of insight, conversation, and fun. I think you get the mix of criticism, positivity, and passion just right. And it's a great listen every week or twice a week. You have pretty much been my guides to discovering new comics for the past few years from the other side of the world. So thanks again, Kale, Marco, Sean, Tyler, for all the years you've been doing this. And here's to the pals continuing to go from strength to strength over the years. All the best. And remember not to trust Australians. Kakiteano, OGC. Damn. First of all, Kale, you did a great job with that one. I'm glad you read that because you clearly, you know some stuff about that region and I would have butchered all of those words. So thank you. <laughs> I I was truly, I was thrilled to get this and see like actual Maori stuff in it uh, because it's something I obviously never get to see anymore. Mm. Um, so uh, Shane, were you listening when we were doing the show? When I lived in New Zealand, this would have been 2017, 2018. Um, it sounds like maybe. Um, that fucking rules. He knows Pete and Phil, so he must. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, so, that's yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah so surely mm-hmm. yeah. that rules. Um, do you miss hey, it Marco. there, Kill? Oh God, so much. It's so pretty. <laughs> I, I, I remember the. Dude, your view was gorgeous. Oh yeah. man, I would genuinely. So the time difference is so much. Uh, for us, it was. I think it was around fifteen to sixteen hours, maybe even like eighteen. Mm. Um. I am very punctual for the show. I really work hard to be on time. Uh, Sean puts the the Zoom link on. I'm there. The only times I was late when I lived in New Zealand is daylight savings. So twice a year, <laughs> twice a year, daylight savings fucked me up so bad because uh, normally I would have to wake up at like 3 a.m. to get up and do the show. Mm. And that was like tough. But then, like, daylight savings would hit, and I had to get up at one a.m. And it was like, it was like, one, it was like pulling teeth, but it was also just utter forgetfulness, because a lot of people won't know this. Daylight savings is different all around the world, mm. and uh, even here in the UK, it's two weeks after uh, after the U.S. Yeah. And it just, it screws me up. And those times were the absolute worst. But I would get up and my my window, uh, giant, giant open windows. I got to look out onto a bay that overlooked a mountain that overlooked another bay. <laughs> I got to watch like planes come in every morning. And then the sunrise, oh, I would Isn't kill that- to go back to New Zealand. And I'll say this. Kiwis, hotter than Australians. Oh, there it is, Shane. I mean, Australians did lose a war to uh, kangaroos, right? Isn't it like an actual fact? Well, uh, wasn't it? It's ostriches. Or was ostriches? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was Those ostriches. Are ostriches. Yeah. 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 So if an Australian wants to ride in and dispute this, feel free. <laughs> but I'm just saying, New Zealand didn't lose a war against an animal, a bird yeah. that can't even fly. I'm just saying. We have at least one Australian listener who oh, that's right. was with us the other polls. day. Yeah, yeah so, yeah. you know, step up for your people, all right? <laughs> Thanks, Shane. Uh, really appreciate it, bud. And appreciate all the support on Patreon. You rock. 
And thank you for shitting on Marco. We don't do that enough here. Apparently not. <laughs> uh, this next one's from Mike White Robot. It says, hey guys, I have to say, I totally agree with you, with your stance on the dude's comments being what it is and all the reaction being crazy. This is in reference to one of the episodes we did with the comic book shop owner a few weeks back. Um, however, I had to laugh at your seemingly genuine shock and outrage at people on the internet acting inappropriately, twisting things to serve their personal agendas. I totally agree with everything you guys said on the show, but I'm not one bit surprised that people wanted to villainize and crucify somebody because they shared a different opinion to their own. TBH, some of your reactions to the response expecting or even holding on to hope that the humans that humans would behave in any other capacity is really quite cute and endearing. I like your show. I hope to watch more and learn more about comics from you guys. Keep up the great work. Looking forward to the next episode. Positivity, baby. Gotta hold out. At least me, I gotta hold out for other people, man. Can't, can't, can't not send love. Can't not uh, just count on the human race until AI takes over. In which case, you know, I'm gonna switch sides. Wow. I, I, I think we, I, I screenshot this and sent it to the pal as soon as I saw the, the, the alert coming when I was working. Um, because I think like, I don't think any of us were surprised that it happened. I just think that as as we do the show, we try to at least uh, 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 make give things a little more positive. And we we try and give the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, I have to fight nihilism constantly <laughs> um, and, and being pessimistic, but uh, you have to fight that, you know? You should do what I do and don't. <laughs> <laughs> don't engage on insult and internet and social media at all oh no don't fight the nihilism oh okay let the world end i i actually had to listen back because i was like wow were we really shocked and um i don't feel like we were i wasn't shocked i wasn't surprised i was angry um because you know i think it's bullshit to argue with someone with ad hominem attacks and you know, uh, calling them out of their name or just saying things that are not related to the conversation. And, you know, people are way, way, way too comfortable with their mouths and their fingers in the era of Twitter. And, uh, you know, I don't respect that. So I was pretty hot on the deal. And, uh, you know, I thought it was appropriate to call out these people who claim to be on the, the right side of history and the right side of society but we're very comfortable with tearing down a man for his thoughts and doing it in such a way that was dehumanizing. Cause I think when you attack someone's physical appearance, when you attack, you know, things like that, it's dehumanizing and, and it's completely unnecessary, but thanks for the comment. Hope to see you around more. And we hope you get more, uh, looking to the other side from us. We hope, you know, maybe we hope that rubs off on you a little bit, you know, Try and give the benefit of the doubt. Most of the time, ignorance, assume ignorance as opposed to malice. Yeah. Yeah. Most of the time it's malice, but. <laughs> but assume the, the ignorance. Um, I'm going to get this next one uh, from Anthony Coker. Wanted to give a shout out. Uh, wanted to shout out the book club review on Dark Knight Returns. I read this ages ago, and the analysis all you guys provided me provided was fan, uh, fan, fascinating. Jesus, the insight you pointed out makes me want to dig this book back out uh, and give it a reread. Uh, yeah, glad uh, glad you had a, a good time with that one. Um, I think uh, one of the reasons I love the book club is we can get so into 
the specifics of the craft of potentially, and, and I think Sean gives a lot of good context into like the history around that and how it provides and therefore informs the creative process there. Um, so yeah, glad you had a lot of fun and, and that it hopefully gives you a new perspective on something that you've maybe not read in a while and you can come back and learn something because that's always the best thing on a reread is I didn't notice there was something else. Uh, I, I wanted us to, to tackle this, this comment because of the fact that um, I put out a challenge on pals pulls this week that if you, if you, if you have not listened to our dark Knight rises or dark Knight returns book club, um, I challenge you that if you hear it, you will hear something that you didn't know before about the book or that challenges your thoughts on it and makes you think about something different. I, I wholeheartedly believe that. So thanks. I'm glad you loved it. And I put that challenge out there. I don't care how much of a, of a well-read person you are as it relates to this book. I think you'll find something new. Uh, we got one last one from 100 Iron Claw. I'm just getting into comics, and while I'm getting some lay of the land, I'm starting to pick up that there are less iconic and more gimmicky, forgettable runs within the big two in the last decade or so. Maybe this is just my sensibilities for how long a story should last, being not yet attuned to comic standards, for a very solid story run like The Court of Owls to last in total only 12 issues is absolutely unforgivable. The concept of The Court of Owls alone, along with Snyder's writing and Capullo's art, could have easily produced a run that lasts for 50 issues. I'm very worried that I've just stepped into the Marvel and DC arena, ready to be transformed only to maybe find it going largely out of fashion these days. Um, so... Snyder Capullo, what they did last a long time. Yeah. Right? I were... Yeah. Yeah. I, I think the confusion here from a new reader is the idea of runs versus arcs. Yeah. Um, because that Court of Owl story does continue for it kind of plays in the background for multiple arcs until the end of Snyder's run, which I think was like 50 issues. So like you kind of get what you want there, uh, with that story specifically. But yeah, I think you need to look at it more as the full run, which contains multiple arcs. It's not just trades, really. I think if you're looking at like Omnibuy, that's probably a better, um, if you're in, in just terms of looking at books, a better um, uh, a barometer for how big runs are and for, you know, full-on stories. Like Incredible uh, uh, Immortal Hulk, Al Ewing's, 50 issues. But it's multiple arcs within that run. Um, that being said, Long 50-issue runs are few and far between nowadays. <laughs> um, so you will not get too many of those, but they're they're out there. Yeah, I think the thing is, like, you, you've got to remember that these books come out monthly. Sometimes they come out biweekly. Um, it's hard to crank out a lot of material all at once, you know, like that. And they, you know, you've got to, they've got to be produced fast and they have to be produced fast to the quality that this modern audience demands. Um, so it's hard to get a good long run like that. The other thing is that you also have to remember that comic book sales are fickle. Um, 
you know, it's audience participation. It's, uh, you know, as in, as in buying books, it's also the social media culture war that surrounds it. And I don't say that in any uh, leaning any one way or the other. It's just that there's a massive commentary on one side or the other. And sometimes that affects the sales of these books. Um, and then you have executives that pull the rug one way or the other. Um, so there's a lot that goes into whether or not a run will last a long time. That said, you know, last year, comics had some of the highest uh, numbers they've ever had. And that number keeps going up. And more and more generations of people are finding comic books. So it's not that they're dying. It's that, you know, uh, I think the, 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 the superhero genre is maybe thinning in a way that is leading to more and better things on the horizon. Uh, I think that, you know, saying like Court of Owls could have lasted 50 issues. I mean, look, man, that's four years, right? If if the book comes out monthly. And if it doesn't, Greg Capullo's not drawing it. Like if it comes out bi-weekly or whatever. So um, that's just not really realistic for comics. You wouldn't, I don't think you would actually want one the exact same like concept for 50 issues, you know, Snyder and Capullo get to introduce a lot of different villains. They get to go a lot of different places during their run. I think, I think you wouldn't say this if Snyder, if the run of Snyder and Capullo wasn't uh, like, it didn't have those major moments those standout moments that became big unto themselves. Like court of owls is its own thing, but it's a larger, it's a part of a larger story, right? When we talk about Immortal Hulk, we don't separate into arcs. It's 50 issues of comics. That's the run. And so I think you kind of have to look at it from that perspective. As far as, you know, like these being the the bad days of comics or whatever, not by any means. They're still great comics. You're new to it, so you don't necessarily know where to look. But I think shows like ours and others, there are other shows that do it, um, can help you, you know, figure out what where the good places are to, to go and, and online. I mean, there are so many resources. So I think you just have to put in a little legwork, put some elbow grease into it, and you will find your tribe and you will find the comics that you will love. They're out there. All right. Let's jump into the news, if you can believe it or not. But we've got very light news. So uh, Marvel is teasing the potential relaunch of the 2099 line of comics. Mm. So they celebrated, I mean, they didn't really celebrate, but it happened 30 years of 2099 and 2022. And, you know, we've gotten like the the, the Spider-Man 2099 stuff from Steve Orlando. Uh, We just had the, the the most recent um, mini series come to an end. And at the end of that, it, Features a big image that says coming summer 2024, 2099. Um, 
I assume Steve Orlando is going to be the, you know, spearhead of this or one of them, considering that he's been working in the space for some time. I have no comic book connection to 2099 whatsoever. I absolutely adore the design of Spider-Man 2099. It's probably my favorite Spider-Man overall, but I couldn't care less about anything related to 2099 outside of that specific thing, the costume. So this is a huge pass for me, but I know other people love it. I'll have to see the books that get announced out of this. Uh, I think that I'm, I'm cautiously curious and like creative teams involved. I don't know why they didn't push 2099 more when Spider-Verse was out. You know, the main antagonist of that was Miguel O'Hara. So um, not having some synergy there uh, is confusing, but unsurprising. Um, I would like to see Doom 2099. I think that's an awesome character. I think Ghost Rider 2099 is really cool. Even Punisher 2099 are, are some really cool characters, uh, both in design and, and concept. Like Ghost Rider 2099 is like a techno spirit thing. It's 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 weird. Um, and especially with the uh, added interest with this whole like cyberpunk game and like the, the idea of cyberpunk is pretty pertinent in pop culture right now. Um, having a whole world where it's that and they lean into that could be cool uh, if they have the right teams on it. I'm I'm trying to figure out this quote, Sean, um, where he say where he's talking about the stuff like Exodus and Dark Genesis. Is that the stuff that's come before? Yep. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think those were the 2099 crossover events. Yeah, those are the other minis that they did and the stuff that they worked on. Uh. Yeah, I mean, this just isn't for me. This feels like more like nostalgia bait stuff. And, you know, I, I could do without all that. If they're planning on making this a fully fledged universe, okay. But if that's not the case and it's just more nostalgia bait, which it feels like it is, I'm good on that personally. Uh, Steve Orlando's not my favorite. And, um, yeah, I mean, hey, but for whoever this is for, you know, that's why we're talking about it. And and this is just the Miguel O'Hara of it all, right? Not necessarily wanting a larger, like ultimately going to spin out into a larger return because um, we only got the, what is it? The superior stuff. And it's just going to be that. Superior? Remember it's the, the new superior Spider-Man relaunch thing that they received? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So is, is it just like a focus on those things or because that's not spilling onto anything else. So, uh, with this, what it looks like to me is they're in the summer they're gonna do some kind of whether it maybe maybe not like a, a line wide event, but a relaunch of twenty ninety nine in some capacity, probably utilizing all of the characters that they've been introducing recently to twenty ninety nine. And I could see a couple of books being like maybe three books being put out regularly involving these characters. We'll see. Yeah. Open yeah. to it. Well, let's talk about something that I unfortunately am not as open to uh, as Marco is to 2099, and that is Ultimate X-Men, Peace Promoco's Ultimate X-Men. Now, that got a trailer this week, I think, which was pretty cool. I don't know if you guys caught it. Um, I liked it. I love when Marvel does these trailers. I've been a fan of them since Civil War. Um, but we also got some key information via the trailer and you know announcements and an interview that Peach Momoko did for uh with uh, I think it was AIPT 
AIT, yeah, AIPT Comics. Um, so this is what Peach had to say about joining the project. Quote, at first, I was worried about being chosen for such an important project, but the more I draw and write the series, the more confident I am with my own vision of Ultimate X-Men. Ultimate X-Men isn't directly influenced by classic X-Men stories. I like to believe C.B. Sobolski and Jonathan Hickman chose me because they wanted something completely new and different. This will feature Maystorm, who is a character that was created entirely for a variant cover for uh, the new champions. Um, well, it was a variant cover for X-Men, but it was a new champions branded cover. And a bunch of artists did them and they created their own like sidekicks for major characters. And so Maystorm is like the sidekick of Storm. And she will be huh. one of the featured characters in Ultimate X-Men. So far, we've really only seen Armor and Maystorm, as far as I know. Um, it's a good ass trailer. Yeah, the the visuals alone, I and and from like a, a style perspective and an aesthetic perspective, Peach Moko hits the mark on everything. It's a little bit manga. Uh, it's a it's watercolor. There's texture to her things, thin lines, all the things that just for me hit the mark. And of the stuff that she did, uh, and I'm forgetting the the titling, but the the other X Men pieces of the past that she had done re released. Demon Android. Days? Yes, Demon Days. Oh, is that um, X-Men? I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. And it was X-Men, but like in feudal Japan. And oh. the, 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 the ways that she would design characters and the way that she would even pit old characters together for certain things was, was genius. Uh, I, I loved it. Uh, I had so much fun. It was engaging. The only frustrating part was the, the numbering. Every issue was a new number one. And it was like Demon Days x whatever happened number one right and then right, the next right. one was and that became you know, hard to follow um but off the back of that it's exciting to see that she's going to come playing this world again that is technically outside of the the mainstay marvel things and is now kind of for a new generation especially the way that the ultimate stuff has been kind of building it's not the same of as the previous versions of ultimate and so this is something net new i'm incredibly excited for it I'm beyond unexcited. And I think while the trailer was cool, I don't see a reason to make this an X-Men comic if it's just Peach Momoko's, you know, hey, I'm going to do whatever I want because I don't care about these characters. Um, that's not interesting to me at all. It doesn't feel congruent with what Hickman has done so far. Um, and there are so many X-Men that people love and adore. It feels weird to put that franchise in the hands of somebody that wants to tell stories about armor and a character that they created for a random cover. I'm not saying that to say that there won't be any other X-Men. I'm sure they will. There will. Um, but on its face, as of now, this is something that I, I'm just, I just don't, I just don't get it. I really don't. The, the blur. I don't. Yeah, I don't think it's fair to say she doesn't care about the characters, because um, we don't know that. We'll, we'll see. You know what's in this, and and I think the the world that Hickman sets up, um, being really um, faction based, but it it is 
clearly delineated by a map and who controls what. And this being in like the, the Japan sector of that will help world build things, I think, um, because I think that's it's really integral to where this ultimate universe is going. So I see that point of it. Um, and just from personally speaking, I really like Peach Momoko's art. It's one of my favorites. Um, and I'm not too familiar with her writing. I didn't read a lot of the Demon Day stuff. I scroll, I, I, I flipped through, I think it was the, there was a Venom one, wasn't there? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I scrolled through that and it looked good. It, it looks like traditional Japanese, like uh, tapestry art, um, which I really like. And, and, I'm, and I'm curious to see a, a wildly different point of view uh, in the Ultimate Universe because that's still fledgling. It, 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 even though it's X-Men, um, I don't think Ultimate X-Men ever really worked properly. Um, what? It felt weird to me. Also, because they were trying to shit. Oh, I didn't. I, I didn't care much for it. I thought the way they did mutants was weird, and then they did what Ultimate X, which tried to rewrite that. It, it confused me. I didn't care much for it. Um, so I like the idea of something wildly different being done. And the the blurb that mentions you know just wanting to be a teenage girl living a normal life. This feels a little slice of life as well, which again my jam. So. It's hitting all, all my markers, and now it comes down to execution, and I trust Peach Momoko's execution at this point. I feel like the only reason this book exists is because Peach Momoko sells and no other reason, and that's very disappointing. I feel like it's most comics, though. <laughs> no, it's really not, though, because Jonathan Hickman's vision is something that they have been able to build the, on the back of, and it's been extremely successful and his creative stories have really connected with people peach momoko's variant covers have connected with people a ton and people love her art and i got no problem with that but from a writing standpoint is this the person that we want to spearhead the x-men in the ultimate universe i don't get it i mean we still don't know what the x-men in the ultimate universe is gonna be exactly and i think that's weird i i mean we don't even know what the ultimate universe is yet so I don't know. I uh, for me, the overall ultimate universe, it's not a hit. Um, so I don't know if this is cool. It's cool. Well, either way, we'll be reading it. So if you want to hear our thoughts, you can definitely come. Uh, what is it? March? I think this drops. Yeah. Yeah. So come March. I will. I will add one thing. It is a little weird to make the storm of this universe white or or seemingly white i don't mean she might be japanese well um, we don't know that this is the storm of this universe her name is sure storm, yeah but that's yeah. all we it know it could be yeah. storm could still exist they might yeah but uh i thought i was like oh, okay all right we'll see yeah i i got no love for this whatsoever i really don't um but what i do love is a game everybody loves a good game right and you all helped us get to our likes goal, which means that we get to play a game. And hopefully, depending on what game it is, well, actually, all of them can include you, dear listener. So we are going to spin a wheel. Tyler's going to spin the wheel. And that is going to determine what game we're going to play. We've got games ready to go. So wherever it lands, we're going to jump right into it. So, Tyler, why don't you spin that wheel for us, bud? You got it. So coming up on Name That Game, we have... Two truths, one lie. Oh, okay. Been a while for that one. 
I was hoping that it would land here. That's fun. All right. So it's a very, very, very simple game. I'm going to tell you three different things. And one of the things that I say, one of the stories that I tell you is a lie. All of them are based on comics and they're all based they're all they're all based in truth i'll say that i'll say that um so and i'll say nothing more so here we go all right <clears throat> i haven't done one of these in a while. here we go all right so the first one is superman and big barda filmed the porn sounds crazy right those are words I never expected to say. A 1987 issue of Action Comics features a very convoluted storyline in which Darkseid gives Mr. Miracle a videotape that features Big Barda dancing provocatively. Cut to a mind-controlled Big Barda and Superman being forced by a villain named Sleaze to film a sex tape. Mr. Miracle crashes the production just in time to watch Superman and Barda share a passionate kiss. Defeated, Sleaze blows himself up, leaving the heroes to awkwardly agree to never discuss or recall what they were made to do. But, okay. Okay. All right. Uh, next, next we have Jubilee was originally meant to die in one of her early appearances. Jubilee is one of the more popular characters created during the Chris Claremont era of X-Men stories, being a part of the Cyclops-led Team Blue and serving as the point-of-view character in X-Men the Animated Series. She almost didn't last long enough as a character to make her animated series debut, though, as Claremont revealed in a 2007 interview with CBR that he initially intended to kill her off relatively early on. During an encounter with the Reavers, Jubilee was set to die at the hands of Lady Deathstrike, Furthering the blood feud between her, between her and her former flame and protector of Jubilee, Wolverine. Ultimately, Claremont decided to keep her around as he thought she could serve as an important role as the young newcomer character the X-Men hadn't had since Kitty Pride, And he simply found Jubilee fun to write. Last up, we have <laughs> Magneto wasn't originally a Jewish Holocaust survivor. Magneto is the ultimate enemy of the X-Men, a mutant supremacist who wants nothing more than to see Homo sapiens live under the heel of mutant kind. Magneto's motivations were shallow and remained that way until 1981 when Chris Claremont introduced the idea that Magneto was actually a Holocaust survivor. That's right. Magneto has not always been, has not always had the Jewish heritage that is so integral to his character now. In fact, he hasn't even officially, canonically uh, been portrayed to be Jewish until Magneto Testament in 2009. So those are the three stories. You guys tell me which one is true and which one, or which one is a lie. If you, chat, if you know the answer for a fact, do not say it. I'm pretty sure I know the answer for a fact. Okay. I know for a fact the Big Barda one is true. You would. Um, I have a folder in my phone of uh, context, comic book context, comic book panels out of context, and there are multiple panels from that that I have. <laughs> um, I'm pretty sure the lie is the Jubilee one. I feel like that's Kitty Pride instead. Mm -hmm. Interesting. 
I think it might be, I think the lie might be the Magneto one. No, I think that one's true. So I think it's the Jubilee one. Mm, no, I think the lie is the Magneto piece. I think there was a time where he, that wasn't the, the, the backstory and the origin, but I don't think it was 1981. That seems way too late to be able to establish such a character, especially considering the, the 60s, like 20 years. No, so you think the lie is the dating, not the overall not question the overall that's story, being held up. Right, okay. right. I think it's the dates. It's very, very much like um actually from a game jam from a, yeah, a dropout yeah, yeah. TV. Um yeah. actually, yeah. yeah, like a very minuscule thing. I see the the date actually makes sense to me because there was a big gap between Stan Lee's X Men and then the Uncanny stuff, which would really focus on making the the x-men more of a cultural presence yeah you know uh, a worldwide presence with different beliefs and and races sure. and you know nationalities so that one makes sense to me it was reprints for like over a decade yeah of yeah. x-men books yeah and, and and kitty pride i think one of the first during that claremont run was one of the first to be i guess oh maybe not openly jewish but Ooh, maybe I messed up. <laughs> I'm sticking by it. All right, so your answer is what, Marco? My answer is uh, the lie is Magneto, Barda, and Superman's true. Jubilee is true. Okay. Tyler, you said Jubilee is a lie, and Kale, you also said that? Yeah. All right, and I've got a poll up now, and we'll see how that plays out. So this was a lot of fun to put together, actually. Um, this is one of the harder things to do just because I have to figure out a way to present you guys something that is not true as if it is. So, you know, you have to like take pieces of things that are true or, you know, things that might be true somewhere else and make them work. Um, and so I'll give the answer. I will give the answer now. Um, well, I don't want to give it while the poll's still going, whatever. I'll give the answer. Who cares? The answer actually is that. Marco is completely yes. wrong. Oh! <laughs> the confidence. The confidence. Oh. But, you were, that's what you wanted, Sean. That's what you wanted. That's the reaction you wanted. Yeah. yeah, it was. But does that make Tyler and Kale correct? In this case, yes, it does. Uh, Chris Claremont had no intentions that I'm aware of that Jubilee was supposed to die in the first season. That or in the first, the first, uh, her first, you know, at bat. Um, I took that actually from the true story about Jesse Pinkman from Breaking Bad. Oh, okay. Sweet. Never seen it. Oh, well, there you go. Spoiler alert, he don't die in season one. Oh, uh, I did but, see season one. Yeah, okay. Well, there you go. So it, see, it seems the chat was on to me also because a majority of you voted for Jubilee. So fair enough. Um. I was blown away by the other two truths. I thought that those were so ridiculous. Uh, Magneto freaked me out. The fact that he wasn't, that that's not, that his Jewish heritage and Holocaust survivor, that's none of that was created by Stan Lee at all. Claremont mm. felt that, because Magneto mm. was irrelevant, and he felt like Magneto should be the big villain, but he was thin. He didn't have much going on. And so like Claremont did with so many of the other X-Men and characters in their world, he started to pepper in 
bits and pieces of what he wanted their heritage to be. And fun fact, Claremont himself was Jewish. Yeah. So he took a lot of that stuff and added it to Magneto. But Marvel wasn't that keen on actually explicitly saying what Magneto was. That is why the Romani aspect of his and Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver's heritage exists. Oh, that was more acceptable. Mm-hmm. Oh, interesting. Which is a very funny thing to think. Yeah. Wow. So it took Magneto Testament to finally explicitly say what Claremont established as true in the 80s. Right. And, and I'm remembering that now the big thing was uh, during those early X-Men books was uh, Romani. Like, like that was that was his whole like part of his character, where he was from, why he had. Did he have an accent? I don't think he had an accent, but just like there was a vernacular, I think, that he, he used that. Wow. OK, cool. That's good shit. And to the other story about Barda and Superman in a porn, that's just what happened. Like they got mind controlled and they they did a video. And for some reason, Darkseid decided to cuck Mister Miracle out and show him the footage. Um, and uh, hilarity ensued. I, I haven't read the book. I'm sure it was a lot of fun, but uh, bizarre. Was, did you want know to issue a, that, that was? Sorry, you know what issue that was? I had it, but I don't right now. Sorry. Okay. Uh, a lot of people in the chat are saying that's John Byrne, and especially it was toward Byrne. the yeah his stuff, especially toward the '90s, is pretty wacky. He um he has a a, a panel. I don't know. It's famous by now, but in the in the Fantastic Four, where a very clearly forty year old Reed Richards looks down at a eight year old Sue Storm and says. This child's gonna be my wife someday. <laughs> Sorry. Also in my uh, folder with uh, out of context comic panels. Maybe we should bring that out your folder and see. Uh... Oh, it's got some good ones in there. A lot of uh, Donald Duck comic book panels, actually. We might have to make use of that if it's uh, if it's funny. Atomic Count says five eighty six is the issue. So I would trust his word. He, he's probably read it. Um, probably got it. Probably has it. Absolutely. <laughs> Thank you guys for playing. That was fun, huh? I'll, now I have to generate another yeah. one. That was a good one. Awesome. So we'll we'll bring we'll, you know we'll bring the wheel back next week, of course. Um, thank you for sticking it out with us on this extended episode of the Comics Pals. I did not think that the uh, tier list would take so long, but I had a good time, and hopefully you did too. Patreon.com is where you can support us best and most. So head on over there if you would like. Remember that now you, at no matter what your status with us on Patreon is, can nominate books for the book club poll. So that takes place over there. Thank you to our channel members. If you would like to join us on that front, click the join button um, on our page on this video that you're watching right now. If you're watching us live, if you're listening to us on a podcast hosting platform, Right in, right in. I want to hear from you. I love, I love it. I love it. I love lurkers. I'm a lurker. I am not this. What you see, this. What I do. I don't do this outside of this. I put all my energy for talking and fun shit right here. And then when this is over, I don't exist. As re- as it relates to like, just talking shit about comics or whatever. I don't do all that. Same. So thank you, thank you, thank you. 
Follow us on social. We got to get to a thousand subs. What's going on with that on social? A thousand followers. Follow us everywhere. Social media, X, Instagram, whatever the fuck. I don't know. Follow us. Instagram's a uh, heating up. I feel. Yeah, you've so, been doing yeah. great. You've been doing great on the Instagram. The TikTok is busting. Everything's busting here our way on the Comics Pals, and it's all because of you guys. Thank you so much. We will see you we'll, next time. We'll be live is Thursday at six p.m. Eastern for Pals polls. But then next Saturday. Philip Kennedy Johnson, be here, 10, 15 a.m. We will see you then. Until then, take care.